Hello, everybody. Mega Zardex here. Back at it again to give you another very exciting podcast episode. That being my Zardcast episode 47. Very close to hitting 50. And lo and behold, we're already basically at the very end of the year. This is technically be my last Zardcast podcast of the year of 2022. It's been a very long year, though. But I, I got to go out with a bang. This is going to be the holiday special. We're going to be talking about Christmas things and all that stuff. And I thought we weren't going to have that much news after the Game Awards. But it seems like there's a fairly decent bit of stuff that came out. Even some breaking news of stuff that came out a little earlier today. This is a pre-recorded one since it's around the holiday season, so I had to get this episode in um, when I could, though. So, yeah, this is pre-recorded, though. But I'm not going to be doing this one here alone. Um, I actually got a special guest for this one um, today, my good pal, uh, Apollo. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Meg? Uh, it's, it's, it's great being back here again. Um, it's been over two years, so I'm glad we get to do this you know, last holiday uh, special, so I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, man. And uh, man, it's it's good, man, because uh, I was thinking, I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, I know a lot of people are going to be tied up, but somehow we, we managed to squeeze this one out just by barely, man. But oh, shoot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a lot has happened in the two last you know, past two years, you know, I mean, two years, like I'm still alive, so don't worry. But I, I definitely wanted to be here for the one for 2022. And um, I'm excited. All righty. And uh, we got we got some interesting topics to go ahead and talk about tonight. Uh, pop culture stuff, uh, like what I said earlier, we're going to be talking about some holiday stuff. I have a holiday segment up in there just talking about traditions, favorite movies and stuff like that, though. But pop culture, uh, I'm going to be talking about my Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. I uh, got some more Spider-Man into the multiverse Um uh, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse updates right there. Uh, Pokemon anime dropped some surprising news on this day that we're recording over there. We'll go over all of that, Super Nintendo World, and then obviously in the gaming news stuff, well, we, we got the Game Awards. We got to sit down and talk about all those announcements, um, including the winners and that... Um, uh, I, I guess you want to call it a photo bomb, but like a video bomb, whatever you want to call it. That little ending right there. We'll go over all of that. And then uh, we'll be talking about some of our um, end of year reviews, not the whole year end reviews that I normally do in January, which is something I got planned in the works uh, right now, whenever we get to that point next month, though. But yeah, just some small little things about what we played this year, though. And then uh, Christmas traditions about that show, what you've been playing, all that whole nine yards, though. So yeah, uh, it's going to be a pretty, uh, it's going to be a pretty full segment, though, but uh we might as well go ahead and jump up in it and not deal it down any longer, though. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump straight into that pop culture segment. All right, so first on the document, the Gardens of the Galaxy holiday special. I don't know if you watched it, Apollo, but I literally... I, I, I was, I don't know why, I was kind of delaying it and I was trying to wait into the holidays because they dropped this thing way back in November or something like that. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to watch it. Then. I don't want to watch it when it's closer to Christmas, though. I don't know. That's just me personally, though. I literally watched this yesterday just so I can get my thoughts out on it now because if I didn't do it then, then it was going to completely miss the segment. So being a Marvel fan I am, I had to watch it, though. But uh, before I go any further, did you actually sit down and watch this or... I know you watch some Marvel things, not like every single thing, but did you see this one yet or planning to? No, no. so I haven't seen this one yet. Um, so I saw the for it, you know, and actually when the trailer came, um, you know, it really interested me. And, and actually what's interesting is that uh, after, so after the trailer released and then the next couple we actually got a teaser trailer, I guess, to the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So to me, this is all really great planning. Like new, you know, final Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy movie coming 
next year. So I, I haven't seen it personally, but um, I saw the trailer and I, you know, I really loved it. Um, unfortunately, I don't have Disney Plus, but it's really great for the new coming in May next year. So just the timing is pretty cool. But the package of it is pretty hilarious and pretty um, awesome. And we get, to, we, we get to see Groot back then in a holiday kind of fashion. Yeah, man. I, I, man, I don't know why, but Groot had some funny moments up in this movie. I won't try to spoil it too much, but just kind of give a general synopsis of how I kind of felt about it, though. Yeah. But uh, uh, it, it is a, a, a special presentation, kind of like the Werewolf by Night. It's just a one-off thing. It's not like a whole blown-out series like like what we recently got, like with She-Hulk and whatnot, which I have my thoughts on that thing. Oh, shoot. But, um, yeah. but legit with Guardians of the Galaxy, the comedy was there. I, I felt like, you know, you know what you're kind of getting yourself in with a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of presentation, video, movie, whatever it is, though. And I felt like most of the, the whole entire show for this, it featured right around Drax as well as Mantis. Like those were like our main two, which it was kind of interesting that pairing though. I didn't think it would quite work that well though, but honestly it, it was pretty good and pretty funny though. I mean, of course you, you had Drax with some funny lines and whatnot though. There, there was like one segment where he was like, um, there was one segment where they were trying to, cause I guess the whole premise of this thing was they're trying to give Quill a good Christmas because apparently several years ago they, um, Back in the past when Yandal or Yandu, golly, I don't, I don't know why I'm not saying that word right, but dang it, what the heck? Yeah. Yandu, Yandalf, gosh dang, I don't know why his name is sli slipping me though. I know it starts with a Y, but the pronunciation of it, but but you know the dude, um, yeah. basically his adopted father or whatnot though. Um, really, he had a bad uh, Christmas um, with him because it was hard for him to kind of, you know, fathom the idea of Christmas when he's kind of just like hardcore to the core or whatnot though. But it, yeah. it's basically the rest of the Gardens of the Galaxy crew with Mantis and Drax um trying to give um trying to get Peter a very good Christmas. Especially coming off the heels of technically around this time, he technically will be spending it with Gamora, but we know what happened, you know, during the events of Endgame and whatnot though. So there's another version of her running right there in the universe somewhere though but ideally he would have spent it with her though so yeah so it was interesting how they kind of went about it though there were some funny gags here and there and whatnot though and there was one segment where i think like Drax was like had this fascination of like a blow-up elf and he said i want my little funny dude it was just the way how he said it or something like that in the thing i was like what the actual heck though and they actually dropped like a really big surprise which i won't say that in case you hadn't seen the on um, the, the episode yet though but the relationship between peter and mantis they actually brought that up which was actually very interesting and very touching um when they actually mentioned it, it was like very towards the very end but i won't say exactly what it was though but yeah, so honestly, I thought it was a really good show. Um, you know, of course, they had some like, you know, Christmas songs up in there. Obviously, they did their Guardians of the Galaxy spin on it and whatnot. Though. <laughs> it gave out some good chuckles if you ever. I know that's going to be like on like a Spotify playlist thing or something like that, though. But honestly, it, it was a good show. It was a good show. It wasn't nothing amazing, but it was just good enough just to be entertaining for them to, just, to have this holiday special and whatnot, though. But I think that's pretty much all my thoughts on it, though. Did, did you have anything else to say, Apollo? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I, you know, you know. I guess my question, you know, you know like, I guess without saying any spoilers, spoilers, you know, like, you know, can we, you know, in this holiday special, do they give anything kind of hinting towards? Because I'm actually pretty excited for new in May. Um, I'm just curious, you know, because it's the last one, you know, and and you're and I'm kind of like. 
you know, I kind of want something a little bit more than what they gave us, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. Just your thoughts on that. Did you say was there any hints in this special towards the the third yeah. to the third movie? No, not like, really. Yeah. I don't. I don't think yeah. so. It was kind of more self-contained. It, mm. not really, not really. I would say. It's but, just kind of like their no, extra I, little yeah. bonus thing. Yeah. Yes. I feel like overall, you know, this gets me excited. I did the volume three uh, movie coming in May. So, I mean, that's pretty much our first summer movie next year. I'm pretty, you know, this is kind of getting everyone excited for Guardians of the Galaxy kind of making their final, you know, form to theaters. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that basically does in terms of the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. But if you had seen this thing, let me know in the comment section down below or wherever you're watching this at, or even if you at me on Twitter or something like that, let me know exactly what were you thinking about this special. I thought it was pretty good, and I think they pumped out a good one right there. But let's go ahead and jump over to the next little bit of Marvel news that we got over here, because we did get another trailer for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And I'll have to say, this is this is... This trailer, though, it's like it's hitting some strides because obviously, you know, the first movie, it was just about just a handful of different other Spider-Mans that we we kind of knew, though. But in this other trailer, they started teasing a bit more. Like, obviously, you got your Miles Morales, you got your standard Peter Parker and stuff like that. You know, you got Gwen and whatnot, though. And I'm pretty sure most of the other ones from the first movie are going to make its way over, though. But if you look very carefully... You can see a lot of different other Spider-Man iterations. Like, there's literally, like, hundreds of them running around in the trailer. I think there was even a segment where I think there was even the Spider-Man from the PS4 version on, you know, on, on you know, Spider-Man from the PS4 um, also in there as one of the suits. And I, I don't know if it was true. I think they might have stuck in um, our Peter Parker from the MCU currently right now. And I think he was also up in there as one of his suits as well. So, you have to be really nitpicky about most of that stuff. Like, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff from here to comment the movies tv shows i know people want to see spectacular spider-man or amazing spider-man and stuff like like there's a lot to digest though but i'll, I'll pause right there you had anything to say man no no i mean you know this you know you know, you know I, I i gotta be honest like i saw this trailer I, I got pretty emotional like you know the first one i think the i think the first one, i may i may be wrong though but i think the first one came out in 2018 and um i mean it looked cool to me and everything so i i, I checked it out and I just fell in love with it. I mean, the animation story. I think the animation I just love so much. It's so unique. And it's, so, it's so different from like the regular kind of you know Pixar, Disney that or, you know Pixar, Disney, or even DreamWorks that we usually get. I just feel like the animation for the for the Spider Man verse, you know, uh, um, movie series is very good. It's very unique. And, uh, I was really gripped by it. So when the trailer came for this for this new one, um, I was very excited, and I can't wait to check it out. Um, man, there are just so, 2023, there are so many movies, literally every month in 2023, I have a movie to watch, or even more movies, so this is on my bucket list to see next year, um, and I get emotional because I got to see all the, all the, all the characters, all the old characters back, and now they're bringing new Spider-Man, um, other characters as well, so, um, this, I mean, this is real, it has a real place in my heart, to be honest, and, and actually, and actually in 2019, it won, one of the Oscars for best uh, animation, the first, the first Spider-Man, a Spider-Verse movie. So, um, I, I, who knows? This may win another Oscar, so we'll have to see there. But I'm very excited for it. Yeah, and I was like, it was interesting how you said it got an award back in the Oscars because I don't know why, but it's like 
I think usually in terms of that award show or just the general concept and idea of um, usually most animated films don't usually get the kind of props it really kind of deserves because it, yeah. it's, it's 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 a whole different kind of beast in comparison to like a standard Marvel movie where you just you know recording you know just live actors and whatnot though yeah you got some CGI stuff sprinkled in there or whatnot though but it's completely animating the stuff like that I feel it, it's like its own kind of beast so I, I was kind of glad whenever it got its props and recognitions from the fo- first Oscars and whatnot though so I'm I'm curious to see exactly how they're going to pull off this one. There was a lot of Spider-Mans running at one point. So I'm kind of wondering yeah. how they're going to animate all that mess, though. But that might have been some of the reasons why this movie got delayed and pushed out uh, a couple of times, though. But now we got the official release for June the 2nd of 2023 when this one drops out, though. So yeah. it's right in the middle between, I think, what is going to be... Um, oh, gosh. Um, I'm trying to think, what was the summer Marvel movie that's coming? Guardians of the Gap? No, Ant-Man and the, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium comes out in February. Yeah. And then um, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out in May. You'll have this with Spider-Man in June. And then I think in July, you'll have... Uh, oh, shoot. What, what's coming out in July? Uh, okay, so uh, so in June, so we have Spider-Man. We have Transformers. We have um, uh, the new uh, Indiana Jones movie. Um, I'm missing another one in June, but July is actually uh, the new uh, Mission Impossible movie. Oh my goodness! I always feel like they always throw so many different movies out, and they're like, I don't yeah. ever manage to go through and watch every single one of them in theaters. And a lot of it, I have to come back and watch it in uh, watch it back on DVD or something like that, or whenever it jump makes the jump to streaming or whatnot. Though there's a lot of stuff coming out next year. Yeah. So, so yes. No. No. You're right. Um, Megazord. Basically, in 2023, we're gonna see a lot of movies just making their way in 2023. Basically, each month. So, I'm I'm probably gonna be in the theaters probably every month next year, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I've never done that since probably like 2019, 2018. So, I'm back in the theaters like next year, which is insane. Oh, and in June we have um uh the Disney Pixar movie uh Elementals. So so look so look, look so it looks like in June we have Elementals, Spider Man, Transformers, and Indiana Jones. Gosh dang! Oh, and then I remember July had the Marvel. So you, you almost have like a one, two, three punch between June, July, or J- May, June, and July. So I'm like, holy yeah, shoot! There, there's a lot dropping crazy. out this summer. Ooh, good gracious though. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this one. It'll be one that I'll try to watch in theaters because I think the first one for some oddball reason. I didn't see it in theaters. I, I waited until it came out on DVD. But this one, I'm gonna make my way to go out the way to actually see this one in theaters because I won't be able to wait on, wait on this one though. So honestly, it should be and, pretty good. Yes, and then I think the, the the sequel to this one is in 2024. I think. Yeah, like a year later. I'm trying to remember. I think so. It's roughly about a year, maybe. So yes, I guess they couldn't fit everything they wanted to in this one. So they said, "Hey, well, we're gonna do this essentially like a two part." Uh, so yeah, and then uh, the the uh, Mission Impossible movie in July. It's not even the full movie; it's part one. So part two, I think, is in twenty twenty four. So hmm. yeah, we have a lot. Yeah, man, it, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a big to pill to swallow, <laughs> nonetheless. Oh shoot! Oh, gosh. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much it in terms of most of our thoughts on the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Very looking forward to this thing, though, but, oh, shoot. Wait 
roughly about six or seven-ish months away. So not too much longer. We got to wait for this one. Not too much longer. Now, speaking of animation, uh, we, we had a little bit of breaking news on this day that we're recording this thing right now because uh, apparently after 25 long years or 25 years in Japan, should I say, you know, the the, the dream journey of Ash and Pikachu uh, is finally about to come to an end because literally this morning when I rolled up out of bed and checked my phone, they literally announced that uh, Ash's journey is going to finally conclude and they're only going to give him about 13-ish more episodes starting like mid-January um, airing over there in Japan. And that's going to be it. It's going to conclude everything for him now. And it's literally going to be out with the old and with the new because there's a new series that's going to start up in April for the Pokemon Generation 9 anime. And lo and behold, Ash is not going to be a part of it. For the first time in 25 long years, we're getting the main, a uh, brand new main protagonist. And it looks like it's going to be a female. So that's like two different things I kind of want to digest first. So we'll, we'll talk about the first part being, you know, the conclusion of Ash and his journey, though. And holy oh, sh. I, I've been through this Pokemon anime a lot, and I remember the, the biggest investment I had was probably within X and Y, where I literally was running a whole nother Facebook page because I was that dedicated <laughs> towards the cause of it, because X and Y was a phenomenal anime, and I think since then, Gen 7, it didn't vibe with me too much, and then the current one that we're in right now, Journeys, I watched some episodes here and there, but I definitely went back and watched the whole, you know, Champions art when Ash fought against a bunch of different champions represented other different regions and whatnot, though. I'll pause there for now, let you get some thoughts in there, Apollo, because I don't know what's the biggest extent on you with the uh, Pokemon anime and your history, or if you watched it young, or if you saw some stuff here yeah. and there. I was just kind of curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, no, no, I mean, no, to be honest, I woke up today and I got the same news as you did. I'm, I mean, honestly, I, I'd love to see like your face reaction on that because like I was just shocked, like my eyeballs pretty much popped out of my. Uh, head and face basically just like you know it's i basically started with pokemon i mean i watched the original as a kid i, I even have the vhs of the first oh, the first the v, one vhs yeah. of that still the first one and i even have the vhs for the first uh, pokemon movie i have both of those so it's you know it's uh it's emotional because i don't even know i can't even fathom like Pokemon without Ash, you know, like the Pokemon series without Ash, it's crazy. I mean, well, Ash, I saw a joke on Twitter today. Someone said, "Like, uh, could you imagine starting watching Pokemon in 2020, and just <laughs> two years later you get the tweet that says like Ash is gone? You're like, what the heck? I just started a series, but <laughs> but anyways, uh, <laughs> pretty emotional, and you know, I think." I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that they're doing. I, I, I think, I think we're. I'm shocked that the news is coming sooner rather than later. I kind of expect that. Wait, you say you kind of expected what? Next year. Oh, next no, year. No, I'm not oh. saying like. Um, yeah, like no, I thought we would get the announcement like maybe February, March of next year, and then we would get the new series in late uh, fall 2023. But it sounds like they're just giving it, you know, they're just telling, telling us the news that Ash won't be there now. They're, they're just kind of ripping off the band-aid and just saying, hey, he's not going to be in it. But um, you'll, you'll see him in January, but then in April we have a new series. But it's a good thing, but it's also emotional. I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, Pokemon series without Ash. It's pretty wild. I mean, he's been in it for so long, like he's been 25 years, so 
where you go from here. I mean, it's up to the Pokemon company, I guess, but it's pretty emotional, not gonna lie. Yeah, because I'll say this, because the fact that, um, you know, I, I started watching this thing back when I was a child, all the way from Kanto, and then I went and watched basically all the way up to Gen 6. I saw pretty much every episode you could probably see, probably almost every movie you could possibly see up in there, though. Gen 7 and Gen 8 this is where I got and got a little bit selective, though. But I kind of, the, the way it was almost kind of painted a little bit. When you look back at the Gen 4 anime, I know one of the iconic fights was literally between Ash versus Paul and whatnot, though. And then, of course, for some reason, Ash lost against uh, Tobias. I don't know how I No, the only reason why you remember that dude's name, because he was the one that knocked Ash out when he was in the Final Four, when we thought he should have won the whole thing back there in the Sinnoh region, though. But Cynthia um, gave out these words to Ash, kind of alluding to what we could have been seeing, which actually did happen within the, the Generation 8 anime, that being the whole Champions Tournament thing, because it was like, hey, one day um you know there's gonna be a champions tournament and i'm gonna be glad to see y'all there and then all these years later when we got to the uh the pokemon journey series and whatnot though lately when ash was competing in that tournament against all these other champions you literally had iris over there you had steven you had um you had lance you had cynthia you had diantha you had alon to do that beat ash in in literally the the final challenge in the generation six anime, which a lot of people were pretty salty about within the anime community on that one. Though he had all these champions there though. And the last two people that Ash fought off before he actually won the whole thing was literally Cynthia and then turn around with Leon though. And that Cynthia fight, gosh, dang, that thing was good though. But yeah, it, it's going to be a whole different kind of beast. Um, not seeing Ash in the Pokemon anime. I for sure will make sure I watch these Final 13 ones because they're giving a lot of different references to, I think, some of the older anime. It's like, I literally, I think there was like a scene in, in this little trailer thing that dropped today where it was like that Butterfree that Ash let go several years ago in the Kanto region, he actually sees that thing again. I'm like, it's, it's just little details like that. How many references and stuff they're going to go back and make to, you know, homage to each region that Ash basically traveled through and whatnot, though. And you saw Gary and whatnot. And he was like, hey, uh, you know, how's that Pokemon Master journey or goal handling out for you and whatnot, though? So, I mean, like, it's going to be interesting. I was like, it's hard to believe it. At the same time, I always wanted them to move away from Ash, especially since now he's truly what he could say is the number one best since he beat the whole champion tournament and basically is like the number one trainer in the world right now after beating Leon. So it's like, if they were wow. to do another anime and if they yeah. were to keep Ash, it's like, you already hit a ceiling cap. There's not really much more he could do. So it made sense in my mind, like, wait, this might be Ash's last journey. And it turns out that is the case. So I was like, huh? I was like, it, it, it's, it's bittersweet, I guess, is what you can basically say at the end of the day, though. It's just bittersweet. And I'm like, ah. Oh. I was like, it's, it's really an end of an era right there. I was like, oh, shoot. But uh, did you have any other last things about Ash before I start talking about the, the new stuff that we got from this? Um, no, I think that's it. I think basically you know, I'm just curious to see, like, you know, how the new episodes are going to be and how the, you know, female protagonist is going to carry basically the next Pokemon franchise series, television series. So it's, dang, it's going to be interesting. All righty. And, um, you know, out with the old, in with the new. So then they gave us a glimpse at who the next protagonist will be, which honestly, I'm digging the in, or I'm digging the art style with this one. I was like, okay, it looks a clean break, at least. And I'm pulling like no weird sun and moon stuff, which was kind of off putting for, for me seeing Ash go from the way how he looked next and why the sun and moon, though. So with new characters, you know, you ain't got nothing to previously, you know, compare it to. So art style and stuff is going to be fine and whatnot, though. Interestingly enough, 
it seems like what could be the main protagonist we don't know if they're going to go a little more tra traditional in terms of anime sense like they can have one character for the Paldea region which that's where we're currently at when in you know um scarlet and violet right now and then put in a new one we don't know if they're going to go like that or if they're going to have like a new character be like ash and then have this person running on for several regions longer who knows maybe another 25 years or something like that we don't quite know right now but i'm thinking it's more so on the latter than the former because it seems like the protagonist of this one seems to be a female which is actually kind of interesting i'm digging the whole blue vibe that she got right there i don't know that might be some personal bias because i actually like blue is one of my favorite colors you, you know my mascot you know megzard x i mean come on now like i, I really dig that though <laughs> but if you look at her hairpiece, and i don't know if you noticed this apollo though see that hairpiece, that little green thing that's kind of like in a half like v shape twist that thing yeah. to the right just a little bit and then go back and look at ash's cap from the first generation series it's literally the oh, same logo man. on his hat but that's her hair piece so i'm thinking that, that that i'm thinking this might be the character that they're gonna run this long series with it's gonna be her we don't have a name of this person yet or not but it is interesting nonetheless but what do you got what do you gotta say well honestly i had no idea about that last last um i guess uh, uh easter egg that you just said Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's interesting, you know, and I think, you know, you know I really think 2023 is going to be the year where female protagonists are really going to place, either in animation or action. And the reason I say that, even like in the video game movie I've seen, um, uh, like for example, like the Mario movie where Princess Peach, you know, she's not like a damsel in distress. And now some of this Pokemon movie, I feel like, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like video game movies or TV shows now, I'm seeing that female protagonists are kind of making their way to the front, which, I mean, I'm really liking. I think it's a great change, you know, and I think um, overall, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that, that's what I'm really liking. And it seems like, I guess, with her looking at the Pokeball and whatnot, the promotional art where they kind of gave him the thumbnail and whatnot, as y'all can kind of see right now if you're watching the YouTube version of this, though, I feel like she's probably going to side with Sprigatito, but it doesn't look like she's going to be alone. It looks like she's going to have some other companion with her, which honestly, it's something kind of I've been kind of missing because I think ever since Gen 6, Gen 6 was literally like the last one where, you know, Ash was going around traveling with companions and moving from point A, B, and C. Gen 7 was a little bit different because they were on an island in Alola, and then Gen 8, even though they were traveling a lot, their home base was always back to like Kanto and whatnot, though, but it wasn't like him doing traditional gym leader battles. It was more so climbing a ladder, if you want to say that, in terms of getting his ranking higher to compete in that champions tournament and whatnot, though. So we're kind of going back to like the roots or what it seems like to be just kind of going through a regular adventure. We don't know what her true overall goal would be, because at least with Ash, he said he wanted to be a Pokemon master. And I doubt it's going to be like her saying something on the lines of necessarily that. Or just like basic going through and just, you know, trying to knock all the gym leaders out and whatnot, though. Because mind you, I guess technically in Paldea with Scarlet and Violet, you had like three different things you could do. You could do gym challenge, you could do um you can do the uh the Titan Pokemon, or you can do the um, you know, knocking out Team Star and whatnot, though. So I mean, it, it kind of leads to the question what is gonna be what potentially, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be her, what her overall dream is gonna be, though, but it is interesting nonetheless. And uh, I guess the one last thing I could probably say about this is we got to see like a shiny Rayquaza 
And I don't know what the relevance of that in comparison to what's going to be with her, but I have a feeling it's going to be something tied to that. Maybe Rayquaza is going to be her equivalent of Ash's Ho-Ho. I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there right now, though. But at least that's what the vibe that they was kind of giving to me. And other than that, we don't know too much more about this series. We just know it starts up in April, though. But I'll be excited nonetheless. I'll obviously probably watch this in Japanese because, you know, that's where it comes out first. I usually watch this. I usually watch Pokemon anime now um, with subtitles and whatnot, though. But then once the dub comes out, since it's a whole new area of Pokemon, I'm going to have to actually watch the first few episodes of that and see how the dub handles it and whatnot, though. But at least those are pretty much all my thoughts on it, though. But do you have any other last thoughts on this, Apollo? No, I mean, no, I mean, I think you know, it's 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 just emotional the way you see it, and it's gonna take me some time to process it. You know, I think this this type of type of announcement is kind of tough. You know, it, it's it's like it's almost like like it's almost like like it's almost like could you imagine if Harrison Ford was like Indiana Jones anymore? Like, like you like you know what I mean? Like they would have a new person. It kind of takes me some time to like process it. So to be honest, I'm gonna need some time to process. Ash is no longer a character in a Pokemon television series. Um, yeah, man, it, it, it will be a it'll be a tough pill to swallow, though. But I'm actually looking forward to the series. Uh, huh, ironically, evolving. Huh, we always talk about Pokemon evolving, and now the anime is going to finally evolve after all of these years later, though. But my <laughs> goodness, though. But yeah, so. I think that pretty much does it in terms of most of our thoughts on the, the new Pokemon anime series starting up, but then also the end of Ash's journey altogether the same. So let's go ahead and move it on to the next topic, that being a Super Nintendo World. We actually did get a release date for whenever this um, this part should open over there, Universal Studios over there in California, that being February the 17th. So honestly, it's about time we got a concrete date, which I'm like, okay, it's kind of smart for them to do it in the wintertime so you can get like the diehard people going out like in the dead of winter over there. And then you're going to obviously get an abundance of people coming in during the summer or whatnot, though. I mean, me and you were talking about it. I was like, man, we, we might have to make a trip over here at some point during the summer, though, because I was like, I was like, I really want to go to the one that's going to be in Universal because there's like a lot of stuff you can do over there in Florida, though. But I was like, I don't know. I might just have to make the trip over there. I don't know. I was like, I was like, man, because yeah. I was like, the stuff I'm seeing with the 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 theme parks, you know, the the attractions and the whole stuff that you can do with like the wristband and whatnot, though. I, shoot, you probably spend this one day around, this going around, just taking pictures of everything. And then not even doing like attractions itself, and then coming back and actually trying out all the stuff, the food. Honestly, I might have to bring. I'll have to bring like a secondary suitcase just to hold that whatever I buy there. Uh, different from the clothes and stuff, I would bring back there. But honestly, it's looking really cool though. But what what are your thoughts on this right now? No, I mean, um, so I might be wrong on this. So, I, so was it supposed to really open? last uh no sorry like so so was to open this year on february 17th but because of covid they had to delay next year february 17th because i i, I remember, think so yeah i think because it I, was I like, yeah uh, okay yeah because i think uh, yes because i think the date has always been set i just think it's always been delayed delayed now i think we're finally getting like the for real confirmation that february 17th is going to be the it's gonna be yeah. awesome. I mean, I've I've actually seen. I'm, I'm I mean I'm not I'm not, I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not, I'm not gonna spoil anything. But I've seen some of the pictures and some of the people have already gone there, like in for uh, Japan's uh, Super Nintendo World. And oh yeah, it's amazing. Like I I really I'd love to experience it for myself. And 
oh my i'm just thinking about the food like so I, I saw some of the food i won't spoil anything but i saw the food and gosh oh my gosh it looks so delicious man i, I can only imagine because i guess they have like uh, something like a uh chef toad or something like that i think i've seen something yeah. like that flowing around or something like that because i like they have like some burgers and stuff like that i was like okay yes yes exactly yes and and you and you know, there's so there's only uh, so I'm not sure how much I can say, but like, uh, and I, you know, I think they showed it in the video. So there's you said they show what in the video again? So that's the biggest. So they show the cart, the Mario Kart ride. So that's oh there. yeah yeah that's the big attraction. There. Um, uh, so that's also one of my experience. So the other ride is actually like a Yoshi attraction but that's actually more like for like kids like like my parents friends neighbors like they're they're the kids like very that's kind of like a kid thing it's like, it's like a yoshi it's almost like like the snow white ride at at uh disney world um so that one's for kids but the mario kart ride is one, i won't experience that one uh, uh i think february 17th is a great day it's a great uh time it's day weekend uh, actually, I, I, I actually find it ironic that uh, that Universal is opening this theme park, and there's also like a, um, a like the last Magic Mike movie is also on that weekend. So they're both Universal. Yeah, man. So, so honestly, it's really cool stuff. I was like, I because I think I remember them doing like Nintendo Direct showing them off the the Japan side of thing. I watched bits and pieces of it though and then since then I've been kind of going like stone cold on it like I kind of want to experience most of it where I actually walk up into it besides the stuff that the general overall stuff they kind of shared here and there like we know some of the few attractions and whatnot though so I'm like outside of that I've been trying to stay cold about it because uh shoot man I was like when I go there I'll probably have to actually vlog the whole experience or whatnot or throw it on the channel or something like that. I I don't know but it probably wouldn't be until like maybe summertime ish is probably when i would make the trip over there though but nonetheless i'm i'm really excited about it though but uh yes. outside of that that's pretty much it in terms of most of the pop culture stuff i had a more of a meteor uh segment within the pop culture stuff this time around though so i was like that, that was quite a bit of stuff to go over though but um let's go ahead and move over to the next segment that being uh what's in the gaming news All right, so we just came off of the heels literally about a week week ish or so ago. Um, we did get the Game Awards that aired out on December the eighth, and there was a lot of stuff that was in this show. Honestly, I don't know about you, man, but looking at it from last year to this year, I think it's pretty cut and dry. I think this show was definitely leagues better than what we got last year. I remember like one of my previous reactions. It might have been last year or the year before last, where it was literally like, hey, uh, I was like, wait, that's it? Like, I put a little edit thing at the very end, like a little SpongeBob edit thing, like, that's it? I was like, uh, I was like, I didn't know about that show, though. But this one, it had the announcements to boot. 
then you also have like the the awards and stuff. I kind of thought um knew and who was gonna win certain awards for certain categories and stuff like that. And then you had that that thing at the very end, which we'll get to at the very end though. But holy <laughs> shit, it was an entertaining <laughs> show nonetheless. Like my gosh. But first, uh, I guess in terms of breaking this uh, show down, we'll talk about the game announcements first though. Um, there's some games that I was like hugely excited about that I could probably talk a little bit more on. I'll say those are very tail end, but I'll just do a quick little run through of everything that we got here at the show, minus the stuff I wanted to go a little bit more in depth though. So I have to pull up my list here real quick and scroll all the way back up to the top of this mess thing though. So yeah, so let's see here. The very first thing I wanted to talk about, uh, we did get a new From Software game, which literally From Software are the people that make um that literally came off the heels of Elden Ring. And it's like a new um, Armored Core. It's like Armored Core 6, which it was kind of funny seeing people react to that online, thinking, oh, shoot, this is really cool and whatnot, though. But I started doing the history and digging on this thing. I was like, no one gave like a like a rat's tail of this series in terms of its sales and whatnot, though. But then now that Elden Ring blowed up, of course, everybody's interested in whatever from software does like that. Stop me along the way, Apollo, if, if, if you have something to say about any of these things I'm going on or anything like that. Um, we also got Hades 2 which I think didn't win game of the year last year. Do you remember that, Apollo? I can't remember if it won game of the year. I know it got nominated. I think it was. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. I think you're, I think it won, right? I, oh, let me check. I think it did. Look that, that, that one up for me, though, but I'll keep going. But yeah, Hades 2 was announced, so it's made from the same people, Supergiant. And I think they're saying that there's going to be like some early access in 2023, though. But who knows when the actual full legit game of that actually drops out, though. But it was nice to kind of see that one announced. Uh, you got some weird things. Um, oh, so, did you find it? So it looks like uh, uh, Haiti, uh, the Game Awards for Best Action, Best Action, Best uh, Game Last, but oh okay okay so it was nominated but it didn't win okay um let's see here um ken levine's next game judas i don't know anything about that um death stranding 2 which honestly i was like it's a game i hadn't gone through and played but obviously everybody in their mom likes to talk about this mess up on the internet because that whole baby in a jar thing i don't know what's people's fascination about that thing though but kojima did come out on stage and uh we know that jeff Keeley's like a like a like a kojima simp like the dude literally ran over there and hugged him on the stage i was like oh my goodness but dang they, they announced that uh what else they had up in here um they had like a cyberpunk um 2077 update um for that game as well they had some new stuff there they had a new star wars jedi survivor trailer um confirmed coming um diablo 4 announced that's coming in june 2023 what is up with all these games coming out in the first half of next year though um they have a new batman game uh suicide squad i was like huh. and I, I like with this one because they actually paid a little bit of homage to the original you know batman um voice actor that recently passed away like there was a whole segment in that so I, I did like that. I didn't know if you, Apollo, listened to any of um, his words, whether it was in the, the some of the shows or in some of those games, though. I think I heard him in a couple of games and I think a couple of shows. Uh, just, uh, I think just the Batman Returns I used to watch as a kid, like a Cartoon Network. I think that's the only thing 
Mm-hmm. I heard, yeah, that I heard that voice act. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's see what else. They also announced, uh, well, we already knew Tekken 8 was already coming out, though. But they, they showed a new trailer for that, which, honestly, that game looks visually really impressive. At least for me personally, I'd be more of a Street Fighter person than a Tekken person. But everything has been shown in Tekken, which it is confirmed to be, like, literally coming out to, like, PS5. It's not going to be, like, an older gen, like, PS4 or whatnot, though. But that game is looking visually impressive and whatnot, though. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, they showed a new trailer for that. Uh, with some DLC. Um, so it looks like that game's actually getting DLC. So that's pretty cool for those that like it. But it's exclusively for PS5. So if you got the PS4 version of that game, sorry, you're you're gonna have to make sure to, you know, get a PS5 copy of the game and then get the DLC. It seems like at least 2023 might be the year that they're breaking away from last gen stuff and trying to keep stuff in current gen, which is good because literally when you look at most of the PS5 or PS5 library. Um, a lot of that stuff you could also play on PS4 though, so it is nice to get that clean break or whatnot though. I don't know if you were expecting this Apollo though, but it seems like Crash is getting a new game, Crash Team Rumble, which is like a 4v4 multiplayer game coming out in 2023. I, I, I saw that dude show up in the suit on stage. I was like, wait, they announced another Crash game? I was like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, it looks pretty cool. Um, I, I, I mean, I remember a tweet like. I remember a tweet before the Game Awards, probably a couple of days before that, that said like he was he was going to be there, and people in the comments were like, "What? What does this mean?" It's finally good to get that announcement that you know he's coming up with another game next year. But it looks interesting, yeah. Yeah, and that's my only nitpick. Literally, Crash had like what four or five games since like Crash Bandicoot Four. Where the heck is my boy Spyro at? All we had was a stupid reunited trilogy, man. I'm looking for more Spyro games, man. Spyro's more my boy, though. I'm like, gosh dang it, do something with him next after you're done with Crash over here. I was like, Crash gets everything, but Spyro, I'm like, gosh dang. Um, they they show some stuff for Warhammer and stuff like that. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of nice though. Then they had this interesting indie game called Earthblade, which I was like, huh? I was like, this looks kind of cool. I was like, what is this thing? And apparently, it's from the same creators as Celeste, which back in the day, I think Celeste, I think whenever it came out in that original um, year that it came out, it was nominated, I believe, for Game of the Year. I went through and played through it. It was a phenomenal um, 2D um, platforming game. I'll say it's like one of the best ones I probably went out and played, though. So I had to keep my eye out on Earthblade and see how that one um, plays out as well, though. Um, let's see here. Um, looks like Hellboy is getting a stylish video game adaptation up in there. That seems kind of cool. Uh, Crime Boss. Uh, Crime Boss. Uh, Rock K City announced with cast including Chuck Norris, Danny Trejo, and Vanilla Ice. I looked at that thing. I was like, wait, what? So last time we played a game with Chuck Norris up in there. I was like, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, shoot. And then, uh, what else they had? They had Lords of the, the Fallen, first gameplay of that. Um, Last of Us Part 1 PC release date set for March. Uh, Returnal was announced for PC. It seems like a lot of those PlayStation games are making the jump to PC a lot faster. I, I think the turnaround right now is about like roughly about six months or so now. Um, let's see here. Then um, they had the Game Awards. Uh, oh, wait, wait. No, no, no. Skip, skip that. I'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, a Forspoken demo was released. I hadn't sat down and actually played with that demo. Um, I heard some mixed things on that one, though. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 um, was announced. 
uh, this one caught me by surprise. There was like a, a trailer in there for Transformers, and literally, I did not know anything that was Transformer related in that whole entire trailer until they came down to the very end and they announced um, that this is a Transformers game. I was like, "What the actual heck?" I was like, "I was like, I'll keep my eye on that one because I like Transformers though." But that one kind of caught me for a loop. Let's see here. Vanishers Ghost yeah, of the and, New. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and, and, and there's so much cool Transformers as well, especially with the movie next summer. Like, man. Yeah, man. Shoot. They, they always got something on the horizon every time. Um, They got Vanishers Ghost of the New Elden announced. Okay. Um, Immortals Avenue revealed. Uh, Gearbox announces uh, Remnant 2 for 2023. Uh, Blue Protocol will be released in North America via Amazon Games, which actually that one, the Blue Protocol one, I have to keep my eye on that one, though, because it's not like Amazon goes through and publishes a whole bunch of games, though. It does look kind of anime stylish. At first, I was looking at this thing thinking it was like made by like Bandai Namco or something like that. But I was like, OK, I was like, I have to kind of keep my eye on, on that one, though. But with it being an MMORPG, I'm like, oh, shoot. I was like, yeah. I play through a lot of games every year, though, but I don't know if I got enough time to play through my games as long as with an MMORPG, because those always require so much time, but oh, shoot. Um, they had Surreal Platform after us announced at the Game Awards as well. Um, let's see here. What else? Vampire Survives. Uh, Dead Cells um, has a, uh, collaborations with Castlevania as DLC next year, which I have Dead Cells. It's okay. It's like a roguelike-ish, you know, platform or whatnot, though. I died way too many times playing through that game. I never actually managed to beat it myself, though. But it is cool to see that collab with uh with Castlevania like that, though. Uh, let's see here. Colossal Cave, Wild Hearts gameplay, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Season 1. I'll just skip that for now. Uh, they had, like, a Dune game that's coming out um, here fairly soon. They, they showed a trailer for that. Uh, another thing for Destiny 2, uh, the Among Us thing. I don't know if you saw this, Apollo, in, um, in, in like the pre-show or whatnot, though, but there's like a hide-and-seek trailer where it's like you literally go around as the imposter. Everybody knows who it is because like how devilish you look with your teeth and your tongue sticking halfway out your mouth, though. But literally, you're just trying to run away and just not get caught. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. It's been a while since I played Among Us, but I kind of want to pick it up again since they, since they announced they added that up into the game. I don't know about you, man, but that looks kind of fun. Yeah, and, and no, definitely, and especially with like VR becoming like the future, for, like gaming as well. I think it's good that Among Us is kind of towards VR, so it's gonna, it's definitely gonna be great to see like other people's players' reactions. So it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, man, and then I think the last thing was uh, the Horizon Call of the Mountain gameplay trailer, which is the one that's like the VR game that's gonna launch with the PlayStation VR two. I think they said they're supposed to drop sometime, basically in the first half of next year. Was it February? I think is what they said, though. But yeah, got a new trailer for that, though. And that was most of the oddball announcements. Ones that I thought was fairly cool or okay. A few of them I had to might keep my eye out on. But um, yeah, so we blasted through a, quite a bit of stuff like that. But then there was like a handful of announcements that kind of hit a little closer home to me that I wanted to take a little bit more time going through and talking about, though. And uh, there's one thing on the list, Paula, I don't think you can see it in there. I actually stuck it in there last second, though. I, I left it out on there, though. But uh, Street Fighter 16. Now, I'm not the biggest Street Fighter fan. I'm like a huge big Street Fighter 7. Or, why did, that, hold on. Final Fantasy. 
I think at one point I said Street Fighter. I meant to say Final Fantasy. Oh, oh, I'm not, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Final Fantasy. I was like, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest Final Fantasy um, person in terms of like every single iteration of the series, though. But I really did like 7. And I played some of 10. But um, but with 16, I don't know. It's just going through and checking quite a bit of um, boxes with me, though. I just like how ambitious this game is looking. It seems to be a little more action-oriented rather than just like traditional um, turn baits and whatnot, though. It's looking really cool. It was a game I was kind of on the fence, though, and I was still kind of doing my little digging research and whatnot, though. But I think I'm actually going to take the plunge on it now, though, because literally, I don't, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, though. Literally, Walmart over here. Walmart, Walmart, Walmart. They, um... They, there's literally a standard edition, a deluxe version, and a limited edition. Limited edition is like three hundred something dollars off of their Square Enix's site. Yeah, of course I'm not gonna get that. That's way too much money. The standard version is seventy bucks, and the deluxe version is a hundred bucks. But Walmart over here said, "Hey, on one random day, like, hey, uh, um, Wario sixty four, a good person that kind of tweets out a lot of good deals on Twitter. Um, he said, hey, Walmart is selling the deluxe version. That's a hundred dollars normally for seventy bucks. And I was like, what the I thought, wait, you can get the deluxe version for the same price as like the MSRP of the standard base of Final Fantasy 16. I was like, oh, that's no brainer. But by the time I clicked on it, it was sold out and I was upset. I was upset, Apollo. I was upset. I was like, gosh, dang. I was like, I got gypped. And um, and then lo and behold, the very next day, they came with, with some more stock. I was on my lunch break and I was like, hit that pre-order button real fast i managed to got it hopefully the Walmart won't come in and cancel it though but with the deluxe version you get the game you get a map and you get a steel book so the fact i'm getting all of that technically what should be for free because uh technically i should be paying 100 bucks for that i was like okay i i I can get down with that i can get down with that but yeah so honestly i'm loving all the stuff with street fighter 16 so i was like okay that's a game i'm really looking forward to uh have you ever played any of the street fighter why did I say Street Fighter? Final Fantasy. Have you ever played any of the Final Fantasy games before, Apollo? Uh, no, I have not actually. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not too much into RPGs. I mean, like, um, too much into RPGs. I think, uh, yeah, I'm mostly like an action adventure type like gamer or towards like Nintendo. So, like, yeah, I don't. Um, I, mean, I love Cloud. I've seen like Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy movies. But the games, I haven't, you know, I, I, I mean, I've seen, I've watched people like play through them, but I haven't played them myself. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay, well, at least you kind of know a general synopsis yeah. of how the story stuff is, goes and whatnot. Yeah. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, but not too much. Yeah, but I haven't played the games myself. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so honestly, some good stuff with um with Final Fantasy 16, though. Um, next thing I want to talk about, they, they showed a new trailer for Street Fighter 6, which honestly, with Street Fighter 6, I've been digging a lot of stuff. I don't know why, but I played some Street Fighter 2 back in the day. Um, well, not all the way back in the well, I guess I guess technically I, I kind of did back in the day though. But then I, you know, I, I have iterations of like Street Fighter 2 that you can play here on the Switch and whatnot though, or the, the SNES classic and whatnot though. So yeah, I mean I I played some Street Fighter in my days, though. I'm not like necessarily the best or whatnot though. But then when they announced Street Fighter 6, I was like, oh, okay, they're coming out with another game. It looks kind of cool. But the visual representation of it, the fluidness, the art style, and all this stuff, it started checking off a lot of my boxes. I was like, I might actually get this game. But now it's confirmed I am going to get this game because I've been loving everything they've been showing with these trailers and whatnot, though. 
And uh, exciting thing is they've been doing some beta testing on this one. They did one beta one, I think maybe a couple or a few months ago though. And they literally have another one dropping out today on the day that we're recording this right now. Yeah, or yeah, starting up this Friday and running for like the next few days for beta test round number two. I applied to see if I can get into it and I actually managed to get this thing. So yes, I can actually try out oh, this wow. game within the beta. It's a closed beta. I could actually stream it. I could record my footage and throw it up in there as long as I'm adding like my extra content on it, according to like the guidelines and stuff I've been looking at though. So I don't know. Um, by the time that most people might be listening to this podcast, there might be a stream on the main channel. I might have it on Twitch that could make its way over there to the extra channel at some point. Who knows? But at one point, I'll probably either record or stream this stuff and I'll get it somewhere out on one of my outlets or whatnot though, because I'm actually really excited to see how this game plays though. No, yes. Yeah, so I, I've been looking forward to that. So that was really cool. And then uh, we can go ahead and start talking about some of the Nintendo announcements. Because one of them that caught me by surprise, because I was questioning whether or not Nintendo was actually going to make it to the party or whatnot. Because I think last year they didn't announce anything. But they came out and announced Bayonetta Origins. And I was looking at this thing. I was like, what? My reaction and stuff is over there on the main channel as well. I kind of did a segment on just that one little bit, though. But I was like, I didn't expect them to have another Bayonetta project in the line right after Bayonetta 3 just came out, which some people really like, some people kind of mix on, some people don't, um, based upon the way how that game is. I don't have, like, a lot of context. I have some context, but I wouldn't obviously say it because spoilers and whatnot, though. But um, it seemed like this game was actually alluded to in that game because there was, like, some kind of special award thing. Like if you, I don't know if it was like if you 100%ed it or if you did this one little thing that led to a different section of the game, but there was a little segment of this little bit of gameplay right here in Bayonetta 3. So now people figured out, oh, now that was actually referencing Bayonetta Origins. They were technically teasing it in the, the, the third game itself though. But uh, what was your thoughts when you saw this? So... So yeah, so, so also like you, I was kind of skeptical, like, what Nintendo would show. I mean, basically, before I predicted that they would show something maybe like Mario movie and stuff like that, which we'll talk about, I mean, later. But I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting too much, but this was a surprise, actually. I mean, the gameplay for it, I don't know, it reminds me of, like, Octopath Traveler, kind of, or even, like, the new Dragon Quest game coming, kind of like the, uh, the, the, uh, the, HD 2D type of games, you know, that, that's what this Bayonetta Origins game kind of reminds me of, but I never thought in my wildest dreams that my Platinum Games would kind of go this route, and like, we, we just got Bayonetta right in October, right? So it's, it's like, to get a new game, in it's coming out in March, to get it so soon, man, I mean, I know Bayonetta fans are eating this up, but it, it's pretty shocking that like, this fast, that we got a game like Bayonetta Origins to learn more about uh, Ceresa and you know the overall you know prequel basically what Bayonetta how how she developed so it's a shocking announcement but maybe not maybe not so shocking and you know maybe it's not one of the you know but it it's a nice it's it's a nice shocking announcement I, I just never expected it to be honest but mm-hmm. getting it so soon as well yeah that, yeah I think that was the main thing because I think from like the people that make Bayonetta the team and stuff like that they say they like to space out their their projects with Bayonetta and here we go right around with another thing like that. And the interesting thing about it is like the, the art style and the direction where it's not like action based. It's like the, uh, the over the head kind of like, it feels like a little bit like a mystery dungeon ish kind of thing though. But uh, it, 
it kind of screams indie. Like, at least the vibe, if you were to replace Bayonetta up in here, which this is kind of like a gang kind of going through and showcasing the story of Bayonetta before she actually became a witch, though. But if you were to replace Bayonetta out, the character herself, and put somebody else in there, I would look at this and thought, yeah, this is an indie game. At least the way how the style that the game is actually presented as. So I was like, for some people, that didn't vibe super well with because when they looked at the price of it, for the style of the game it is, it's a full AAA title, you know, $60. So some people, they're like, man, should that be 40 bucks or something like that or something like that? Be like more like a budget release, I don't know. I was like, at least with me personally, I mean, Bayonetta hasn't really vibed with me that much. I played the first game. I didn't get all the way through the first game, though. I thought it was okay, but it just wasn't my kind of cup of tea or whatnot, though. But I know you like Bayonetta as a character, but then again, I think with you, you also don't kind of vibe well with the gameplay either, though. But it's interesting to see that these Bayonetta fans are getting this shortly after Bayonetta 3, though. But it's interesting nonetheless. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm also sure uh, Bayonetta, the old Bayonetta voice actor, she must be, like, going rogue. She's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> after, like, the whole time of that and... <laughs> Well, at least this is a, with a kid, you know, or a kid voice. So it's probably not even the, I don't even think it's the same voice actor that did Bayonetta 3 up in this one. It could be, it's quite possibly a whole nother person now, though. But yeah, yeah I know, yeah. I know she's probably in fumes right now. Holy shit. But yeah. But yeah, so I think that's basically all we have to say on the Bayonetta origins, though. We'll move on next to the, uh, we did get confirmation that that wasn't Nintendo's only announcements. Uh, we did get the confirmation of fi a new trailer for Fire Emblem Engage, which is a game I'm actually looking forward to. It is a, like a mixed bag of sorts because it's like, yes, I'm excited because the Fire Emblem fan in me, like always love new Fire Emblem games. Like that is my strategy game right there. But the way how I guess it's been handled when I saw the, uh, the whole look of the main character with the two dyed hair color and stuff like that, I wasn't really vibing with that. And then you turn around and look at that. The way how the game looks is impressive. It's the best that we got out of any of the Fire Emblem games, though. But in terms of the um, the atmosphere and stuff like that, it kind of seemed to lost its medieval edge, if that makes any sense. Like, if you look at three houses, and then you look over, like, it, you know, you just took a still shot of uh, three houses, and you compare it to uh, what we got within Engage, it seemed to lost that kind of medieval setting or medieval edge if you want to say so on that so it, that kind of sense it kind of got me mixed but nonetheless i'm still looking forward to playing the game and seeing if you know if the gameplay and the story can kind of trump the overall art style that i'm kind of being nitpicky with or whatnot though but lo and behold in this trailer right here they they confirmed that there is going to be an expansion pack coming out um for this game which is going to be very similar to the expansion pack that we kind of got within three houses where you buy that thing for 30 bucks, you're going to get all this content released out in several ways. I imagine there's going to be a new story thing, but they didn't outline that one up in there. You don't want to kind of go too in-depth on it right now at the start when the game hasn't technically launched yet or whatnot, though. And I'm kicking myself, Apollo. I'm kicking myself real hard because literally I have, a, I have a video. By the time that this podcast releases, um, it should be releasing on Friday. And uh, I had a video saying, hey, my, my top wish list of games coming out. Um, 
you know, wish list of hopes and things I want to see in 2023. And in that video, I actually mentioned some Fire Emblem DLC. And they turned up, and I recorded this mess before the Game Awards. And then I saw the Game Awards. I was like, oh, yeah, gotta be kidding me. I have to go back and actually edit that mess out. Or not edit it completely out. I have to make like a little footnote on the bottom, though. But I was like, gosh dang it, Nintendo. I was like, golly. But, um, yeah, so outside of that, it, it, it was some good stuff. Did you have anything to say on that? No, I mean, uh, I, I think, well, well, actually, so, like, so when, I, when I was watching the Game Awards, I thought this was an ad. Like, I thought it was a regular ad, but it was actually an announcement for the Fire Emblem Engage DLC. I guess while I was watching it, I, I just thought it was, like, it was like an ad, just kind of reminding us that Fire Emblem Engage DLC is coming. But then I said, wait, 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 like, wait a minute. Then we started getting more and more, and, 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 and I'm glad, you know, that they're bringing back the old, old Fire Emblem characters back, and... Actually, you know, just the art style, I don't know why, it's more relaxed, it's, I don't know, like, five houses, like, you know, it looked really, it looked really cool, but there are two different arts, definitely. To me, I feel like going for a more simple, um, uh, simple, like, uh, very bright style. To me, three mm -hmm. houses was very dark, and yeah, so it's interesting that they're going with this art style, but I mean, it comes out next month, which is pretty fast. If you ask me, I mean, I didn't expect you know, uh, Nintendo games so fast, but yeah, it's coming out next month. So, which kind of made sense why we did get in the Game Awards. If you think about it, this was announced back in the fall, the right that we got around September. We're literally in December. Yes. I think outside of that first trailer they showed there. I, I, we've been getting some stuff. If you follow the Fire Emblem account, that's the Japanese Twitter account and whatnot, they've been showcasing all different characters, different, you know, settings and stuff like that. Recently, we just got another, like, a kind of an overview trailer that dropped on YouTube's channel. I think it dropped, like, yesterday or something like that, though. But um, outside of that, we didn't get, like, a whole bunch of coverage, but it seems like coverage is starting to ramp up because literally that game comes out, like what you said, next month. So I was like, I was kind of expecting to get something out of it maybe at the Game Awards, and that's what we got right there, though. So honestly, it was some cool stuff. Still looking forward to the game, though, but we'll we'll see how well that's, that game gets executed and whatnot, though. And then last but not least, uh, one of the last, at least, announcements we got here in the Game Awards was the uh, the Mario movie. We actually got a cutscene. It wasn't necessarily a trailer, but it was actually a cutscene straight out of the movie. So I wasn't expecting that. I was thinking we were going to get the trailer. Not actually like seen out of the movie though, but it seems like it, at least in terms of like where it's at on the timeline, it seems like after Mario gets spawned into the Mushroom Kingdom, right? And then um, Toad finds him. He Toad brings him over there to the actual kingdom, and so probably trying to bring him in front of Peach or whatnot though. And he's just kind of walking through the city area and whatnot though, just kind of traversing around. And I think that's where we're at in the plot line of the movie though. But uh, I don't know about you, but I, I love the fact of like the music. I think the music was like one of the main things that stood out because like you heard like so many renditions of like either if it was like the classic Mario theme, um, you heard like a little bit of like Mario 64 music that was sprinkled in a little bit there, though. Just hearing that as like a full orchestra, like that felt really nice. It just kind of hit me in some kind of way, though. But uh, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah. No, I mean, you know. So I had a feeling they get like a movie like maybe probably going into the game where but um there's so much love put into this movie by Nintendo and I'm so glad that Shigeru Miyamoto Nintendo is helping out with this movie. Like I can't even imagine I can't even imagine like 
how a studio would even go forward with um, making a Mario movie without the video game company working together. It would just be a disaster. So I'm glad that Nintendo's really out to build this kind of Mario movie. But so far, I mean, there's just so much love put into it. I mean, the, the music is incredible. Like, the music, I mean, it's like you're humming along, and it 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 feels very like Toy Story, and it feels very simple. This will actually be my first Illumination movie since like, like you said first Illumination me movie I haven't seen oh the Spickle Me okay yeah so so it's it's been you know, it's been so long since I've seen a an Illumination movie well I, is um is Boss Baby I think Boss Baby might may, might be the last Illumination movie I saw if that but no Mari movie thing is very good it's um. I, I can't wait. Um, yeah, it's good. It's, it's gonna be awesome. Um, I mean, the music's great. The characters, um, Chris Pratt voice acting. I mean, I can see. To be honest, I can see why they chose him. I think. I think. I think Universal and Nintendo. See, so far, Chris Pratt, he has the box office numbers to prove that. You may not like him. You may not act, but he does like bring in the, the moolah, basically. Bring in the but, audience. But, yeah. But, but but he's just not it's I don't know like you you compare him to other voice actors his is very simple but I can I can understand why they why they basically chose him yeah. like, I mean I mean I mean uh, the new Jurassic movie that came out this summer it's the second highest grossing movie this so I mean there, I mean think about it there's there's only two movies that brought in over a billion dollars this year. And that's Top Gun Maverick. I, oh, and a, a billion dollars worldwide. So there's only two movies that, that grossed a billion dollars worldwide. That's um, Top Gun Maverick and the new Jurassic World movie. Hmm. So the fact that Chris Pratt kind of, you know, you know, is in that Jurassic World movie kind of shows that, you know, I personally don't like him as an actor, but he brings in the money for hmm. But I just wish he put more voice act, unfortunately. I think that's yeah. my only gripe. His voice acting is the yeah, like his voice acting and stuff. I I can see why that's like mostly the main grind. Because like literally, when you look at him in other projects and stuff like that, like you know, um, Jurassic World, he did fine in that one. I, I I like those Jurassic movies, and obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy, he does a phenomenal job playing his character there. I guess it's just like the whole realm of him voice acting. Mario, who's a little bit more energetic and whatnot, though. I don't know if you saw some of those clips from the um from the other languages, like the one that's like the yes. uh, the French one, the French trailer one. Actually, legit, almost sounds like uh, actually kind of gets the whole vibe of Mario just done right. I don't know. I feel like he's the main one. Chris is the main one, kind of holding back, if you want to say that. Um, in terms of the presentation of the Mario movie, because Jack Black as Bowser, that's phenomenal. I think, like, legit, like. He's gonna be the equivalent of um what you calling it, um, Jim Carrey um with Dr. Eggman in the Sonic movie. Like both of them are kind of like like, you know, you're yes. watching the movie probably kind of primarily for those two performances and whatnot, though. So you can easily make that parallel. But then even looking at uh what is it, Charlie Day as Luigi and whatnot, I think he did a pretty good job on that one too. And then uh I can't remember the, the voice actor for or Peach or whatnot though. I thought she did pretty good. And then even uh Toe's voice actor oh, and whatnot yes. though. I thought I thought all of them are doing their jobs respectively well. It's just only Mario, I think, is like my main gripe. Were you about to say something? 
No, no, no. I mean, no, I mean, you're right. And, you know, I think Universal, like, to me, it sounds so much cheap. Like, for it's so much cheaper for Universal to kind of get Chris Pratt to be Mario and try to get another actor, maybe from another. I don't know, because I feel like Chris Pratt's synonymous. He's really synonymous with, like, Universal movies, like Jurassic World and other stuff. But, yeah. So, like, Anya Taylor-Joy, like, you know, yeah, like, I think she really brings it. Yeah, I think she really brings it to the part. I'm glad Princess Peach is very um, powerful, and I'm glad she's she's not a damsel in distress. I think that's great. <laughs> some of the reactions of the damsels in distress i saw some weird takes on twitter oh shoot there were some people upset but she wasn't like that like this ain't holding true to the mario thing you gotta save her out the castle i was like we've been there done that we don't necessarily need that but keep going <laughs> no and that's a great point because i think i think that's great and to be honest you know I, i've seen that as well i've seen videos and I, i've seen a lot of people complaining about princess you know, princess peaches like She's not being as, uh, uh, I guess, like a damsel in distress. And, you know, it, it would make sense for Universal and Nintendo to kind of make Peach that character. Because you're right, it's been there, done that. And, and you know, also, they're trying to get more women, especially, like, like girls, probably more into... You said girls, probably more so into what? Bring them in. I feel like they're really trying to bring more women and like even like uh, little girls into gaming, because I feel like if she's like a damsel, a damsel in distress, I that that's gonna put off a lot of women, especially especially like little girls like wanting to get into gaming. So I so I'm glad they're taking it. But it it's a smarter route to me, and it's it, it, it's gonna get more like you know uh, little girls into gaming because 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 honestly, first off, this is a movie for like kids. I I. Like I see, I, I do see a lot of backlash as well. I, I find that this is for like kids, like 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 my like my neighbor's kids, you know. Like they're gonna go, be more excited for this because it's Illumination Mario. So that's mm -hmm. kind of like the audience are kind of going for. And then a little bit later, then they're trying to bring in the adult audience. But first of all, it's really for the kids, and I can see, you know. Why they made Peach that character, and, and the voice acting's phenomenal. Like Jack Black, he's he's great. I mean, he's really bringing his acting chop, you know, and voice acting chops since like uh, Kung Fu Panda. So that's great. Um, animations one. Wait, you said what about the animation? To be honest, uh, the, the, oh, I said the animation's perfect. I said the music's great. Uh, to be honest, I'm gonna go try and see this in IMAX. I'm gonna go. Uh, apparently, it is playing in IMAX. I'm gonna go try and see it. I'm gonna huh. see if it's possible if I can see in IMAX. I, I want that M Mushroom Kingdom, you know, all of it. Like, okay, so um, uh, I'm gonna try to see it in IMAX. If I can't, then it's okay. But, um, but yeah, that's really. I think that's all I wanted to say. I just, I just wish Chris Pratt would bring more. I wish he would bring more to the table. Here, um, mm -hmm. yeah. so I guess that's pretty much all that we can basically say about the Mario movie, and obviously it's an ongoing uh, reporting news in terms of us getting new trailers, uh, getting clips and scenes like that. Though I think, I mean, honestly, I probably almost saw just enough as what I probably need to see from that movie um, until we actually get the movie in our actual, you know, 
I say in our hands, but you know, the movie ain't tangible or whatnot, though, until a DVD comes out, though. Until we get to see the movies for ourselves, though, and whatnot, though. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it in terms of mostly all of the announcements that we got um, from the Game Awards right there. So, we'll take the time now to kind of go over the the awards themselves and which ones actually won them. And if I need to talk a little bit more about some of the nominees or some of the other things, I will. But uh, we'll start off first with, uh, I'll skip Game of the Year and Best Game Direction because those two were like the very last two that were kind of revealed. So I'll skip those and I'll come back to them though. Uh, Best Narrative, um, that went to God of War Ragnarok, which I, I, and stop me along the way, Apollo, if you have anything to comment on any of these. Um, But uh, God of War Ragnarok, I I, I was kind of expecting it um, in terms of Best Narrative. That one kind of made sense. Um, Best Art Direction, uh, that went to Elden Ring, which honestly, I think when I was looking at it, I thought I either put God of War or Horizon, which <laughs> uh, God of War and uh, Elden Ring, those are the two that, you know, you're going to see popping up quite a bit. Um, best score and music. That one actually went to uh, God of War, which I'm kind of upset at how with best score and best music, how Xenoblade Chronicles 3 did not get nominated in that mess. I was like, what the actual heck? Because I, I thought, because if you went through and compared all the hours of music, like it gets easily overshadowed by basically all of that. I, I just don't understand how. Um, best audio design, that went to God of War Ragnarok once again. Uh, best performance went to the dude that, you know, voiced uh, God of War Ragnarok, which that dude, when he got up on stage, I don't know about you, Paulo, that dude was talking for like eight something straight oddball minutes straight. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, man, at one point they were trying to play some music to get the dude off the stage. And and it was like that triumphant kind of like, you know, like inspirational music. And he started feeling it even some more. I was like, is this dude ever going to sit down? I was like, bro. I was like, holy shoot. That's funny. <laughs> it, it, it was pretty funny. I think at that point, Jeff Keeley started to, he's like, he mentioned something about like, oh, uh, I like how I'm slowing down, but I actually should be speeding up right now. <laughs> like, oh, he said that after the fact. My goodness. Uh, Games for Impact was As Dust Falls. Um, I never heard about that one, though. Best ongoing game. Uh, that went to Final Fantasy fourteen. I was like, okay, Final Fantasy XIV, um, I hear from their community quite a bit. There, there's a lot of good things they do up in that game. Uh, best indie game, that went to Stray, which even though I have access to playing that game because I have PlayStation Extra on my PS5, I still hadn't sat down and actually played it, even though I heard it's only like five to six hours long. So maybe at some point I'll sit down and play that one. Um, best debut indie game that also went to Stray. Um, best mobile game went to Marvel Snap. Now, I hadn't as much of a Marvel fan I am, and some of my other friends kind of like, wait, how in the world have you not played this one? Especially after hearing that it was nominated within the Game of the Year awards and uh, actually won it. I was like, I-, I don't know. I just don't vibe with a lot of mobile games, but I keep hearing so much stuff about Marvel Snap. I might just have to download and see what all the hubbub is. I don't know. Have you heard anything about this game? Straight. No, that's right, uh, Marvel Snap. Uh, no, no, I haven't. Okay. No, it's just weird with that one. I don't know. Um, best community support, uh, that went to Final Fantasy fourteen, which, I mean, I remember during the COVID times, they, they, do some, they did some pretty good stuff during those times. So, yeah, 
uh, Best VR AR that went to Moss Book 2. Um, innovation and Accessibility went to God of War. Best Action Game. That was the first one I think Nintendo won right there. Bayonetta 3 actually won that one. Did you have any thoughts on that one? Uh, no, no. Not any thoughts on that one. All right. Um, let's hear best action and adventure game. Uh, that went to God of War Ragnarok. All right, best RPG. I have to sit down and pause real quick, Apollo, because I got to talk about this one though. Um, legit, when I was doing my video predictions of who could win best RPG, or not prediction, more so like when I voted for my stuff, I wanted to personally see. I voted in here Xenoblade Chronicles Three to win that one because out of all the categories in here, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Triangle Strategy, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Live Alive, and Elden Ring. Out of all five of these games, I played through four of the five. The only one I didn't play was Elden Ring because I'm not too much of a Souls kind of person, dude. So I felt like I was vouching pretty heavily for best RPG because I go through and play a lot of RPGs throughout the year, though. So th th this was my category to vote in with full confidence because I played four of the five. So I can really give my two cents about this one, though. And the fact Elden Ring got it, I, it made me kind of feel some kind of way because I felt like Elden Ring was like almost like a whole entire different beast of a game, more so than like your traditional-ish RPGs. It's still rightfully deserved, but at the same point, all those other four games did something really good. And honestly, I think out of all those other four games, I'll get to when I'm talking about it here on um, next month in the month of January, though. But I think all four of those other RPGs are contenders for me if I were to give like a top five list for a uh, game of the year. Like that's how good I really like those other four games, though. So I felt a little bit salty on that one. I, I just have to, I just have to go ahead and say that out there, though. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, I felt like the year 2022 was like a year of RPGs. To be honest, it felt like the year of RPGs. So. Oh, what was that again? You said it was so unique, and no, I I said like twenty twenty two is like the year of RPGs, and so like it's pretty unique that you know even Pokemon Legends Arceus was nominated, and you know they had yeah you know, it was a, a spinoff right take from the regular Pokemon gaming series, and I'm glad that was nominated as well because it was pretty unique, and you know it brought something new to the table that you know it's not there usually. Yeah, so yeah, I guess that's just how I was kind of feeling about that one though. Uh, best fighting game actually went to Multiverses, which I saw a lot of stuff on Twitch when that game first came out. It was pretty funny. Uh, best family game. That was another one that Nintendo managed to pull out right there. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land was the winner for that one. And obviously Splatoon 3, Switch Sports, Mario and Rabbit Sparks Hopes were all other games nominated. It was mostly a Nintendo-centric uh, category, except for the Lego Star Wars one. Did you have anything to say about Kirby? Uh, no, I mean, it, it was, it was a great game, like, just overall, and, um, uh, yeah, it was, like, a great game, I mean, I, I it's definitely my, <laughs> I played that game a lot, and, uh, you know, got all the waddle detail, I mean, it's a game I really enjoyed this year, because it's, we haven't had, you said we hadn't had what? So, like, we haven't, we, we haven't, like, had a 3D game, a 3D Kirby game, like, so long, so it's just, Great that it won. I'm so glad it won because it's definitely my game of the year, definitely. Yeah. All right, let's see here. So after that one, we had best sports racing game that went to Gran Turismo Seven. Best sim strategy went to Barry Rabbit Sparks of Hope. I was like, okay, all right, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, 
I was a little bit upset how Triangle Strategy didn't also get nominated within that category, though. But uh, excited to see more Rabbits win. Uh, best multiplayer game. Thank freaking goodness, because there was really only two I really cared about. That was uh, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge and Splatoon 3. And luckily, Splatoon 3 won. Beat out Overwatch 2, beat out Multiverses, and definitely beat out Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I was about to say, thank goodness, because Splatoon 3 is a phenomenal game. I streamed that thing a lot over there on Twitch. You can see a lot of footage over there on my extra channel as well, though. And I, I had a lot of thoughts leading up to Splatoon 3 and even after it in some of my uh, podcasts and whatnot, though. But yeah, Splatoon 3 is a phenomenal game. I'm enjoying the heck out of that game, though. And then uh, Content Creator of the Year... Uh, went to Ludwig. I don't even know who these people are. Don't these these categories right here? That best esports athlete, best esports coach, Jacob um, for the former, Martheus for the latter. Um, I, I can't ever vote for these. I don't know about you. When I'm going through and voting through these polls, like the, those few, I was like, I, I just can't really say anything about it though. But uh, for content creator of the year, Nebellion, which is a dude that normally tweets out a bunch of stuff on Twitter for a bunch of gaming news and stuff, he actually decided to quit Twitter or whatnot, though. I actually gave my vote to him on that one, because I actually, there's a lot of different stuff from my podcast episodes that sometimes I will pull information from him. So I was like, okay, I can actually, with full confidence, vote for you on that one. Unfortunately, he didn't win. Ludwig was the winner on that one, though, but I try to throw a bone where I can. Um... Let's see here. Best esports event uh, with the League of Legends. Best esports game was Valorant. Best esports team was Loud. Most anticipated game. Now that 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 one's an interesting one. Um, they, out of all the nominees, they had Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, and they had Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and that was the actual winner right there. I'm surprised Street Fighter 6 wasn't um, anticipated, or even Tekken 8 um, by that regard, or something like that, though. Or I guess they're just doing it with full confidence of games that actually have a month, day, and year release, I guess is what they're doing. But yeah, uh, honestly, really good stuff. I'm looking forward to whenever Tears of the Kingdom comes out. Uh, best adaptation uh, went to Arcane Leg- League of Legends winner. I thought Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was going to win that one, though, because honestly, that was a really good, uh, that was a really good movie in itself right there, though. But yeah, so that's pretty much most of the awards. Um, then we get to the last two categories. Usually when you win best game direction, it can kind of, you know, lead to you having a heightened chance of winning the actual game of the year. But best game direction actually went to Elden Ring um, in comparison to God of War, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray that were also nominated for that award. So, yeah, I, I bet the uh, Elden Ring for a phenomenal game that it was, how much it blew up on Twitter, that really made sense for that one, though. And last but not least, you get down to the actual game of the year winner, which out of all the nominees, it was a Plague of Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. You know me good and well, Apollo. I put all my faith into Xenoblade Chronicles 3, knowing good and well it was going to get gypped in some kind of straight form and fashion, knowing that it wasn't going to win no other awards in this whole entire ceremony, but yet was still up here beating out all of these other things with a high Metacritic review and everything like that, though, knowing with full confidence I wanted to win, but knowing that it was not going to win. So I knew either God of War, Ragnarok, or Elden Ring was either going to win it, one of those two games, and it happened to be Elden Ring being the winner for Game of the Year. And I was like, I was like, I expected it. But at the same time, I felt like everybody and their mama probably already knew that that game was going to win. Just how big and crazy that um, 
that that game blew up with though but yeah so honestly it, it was um it was really good to actually see that one um be nominated for that one and actually win that category though so honestly it's some really good stuff that we managed to see right there though but um did you have anything to say on the game of the year thing um no, I mean, you know, it, it, uh, it was great to have uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, like, nominated. Um, it was great to have it nominated for Game of the Year, so it's definitely great. Um, it's definitely great to have. So I'm, I'm definitely glad that came up and everything. It's, it's just it's just fantastic. And, yeah, I mean, an Elden Ring I pretty much saw was going to win just because I saw so much publicity for it in the beginning of this year in February. So it's just great that we finally got that publicity for it and won a lot of awards, especially. Yeah, it sure did win out a lot of awards. Yes, yep, definitely. All righty, and I think that's pretty much all there is in terms of the game awards, though. So, so that was some pretty nice uh, stuff that was actually showcased off there. And uh, man, that was that was a lot of stuff to go through and cover. But who managed to get it all knocked out, though? So that's gonna do it for that, though. And I think there was like a few more things, um, gaming news, I want to go through and talk about because. We did get the announcement that, yes, um, we are getting some new Amiibo dropping here fairly soon. We have the Sephiroth, the Kazuya, Mithra, and Pyra Amiibo all announced that are coming in 2023. Sephiroth and um, Kazuya are actually coming out next month. Um, believe that, though. I think it's like roughly around um, mid-January when those ones are coming out, though, which is pretty cool. And uh, we, it seems like we're getting Mithra and Pyra later, though. I think we're getting to the very tail end of all of the uh, Amiibo that are coming out for um, for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. The last one we have to see is technically Sora, though. But honestly, some really good stuff. Any anything to say on that one? Um, I'm I'm gonna try and get the Kazuya Amiibo. I'll try my best, but man, that Kazuya Amiibo looks really good. I'm I'm a huge fan of Kazuya, so I want to try and get that. All right. Uh, I wonder if we'll get this. I'm. I wonder if we'll get the Sora Amiibo. I don't. I mean. Kind of weird that they didn't make an announcement about it, but I guess we'll have to see. Later yeah, I, I feel like if that were to be a thing, it'll be later in the second half of 2023, and then they'll just probably make the announcement then for that one, though. But good news is, is those Amiibo are already up for pre-order. Usually some of these will like to sell out pretty quick. Like if you want the Sephiroth one, for example, or something like that, I know that one would normally like to sell out. Um, they're up for pre-order now. They literally went out right before we started recording this podcast session. So I actually already placed my order in for the Sephiroth one. So I already secured that one through Best Buy and whatnot, though. So it, it was it was nice to go ahead and get those out of the way, though. But yeah, not too much more. I guess we can say on the uh, the amiibo front, though. So now we'll we'll switch it over to the uh, the Mario Kart Eight Deluxe Way Three DLC that we managed to get right here, which honestly was uh, I thought it was really nice. I talked about it in terms of the courses already, so we already know what the courses are. But the one thing I didn't expect out of this Way Three DLC was the fact that you can have customizable character or not characters, customizable items that you're able to put into the uh, the game. So, like, if you wanted to do a yeah. run with only blue shells, you can. I see some crazy stuff online with people doing that mess. It's like, it, oh my gosh, that's a hectic mess. But it does make things a little bit more interesting, to say the least. Though, you have any thoughts on that? So, so I actually, so I actually haven't touched uh, the DLC wave yet, the third DLC wave yet. I'm actually waiting uh, uh, for one of my family members to come and play uh, this Christmas reaction. So I'm, I'm, so basically, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting 
for them to come over the Christmas holiday season to watch uh, the new Avatar movie and to try uh, the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Wave 3 DLC. So I, I haven't touched it too much, but I've, I've actually seen a lot of the matches with, like, all blue shells, and it's hilarious. Like, I'm I'm laughing till I can't breathe. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, I, I will say out of all these courses, the most visually impressive ones is... Um... I always love Maple Treeway from Wii. That was like one of my personal favorites with like Coconut Mall. I'm glad we got both of those two courses represented from Wii and like the in these different waves. And then uh, Boo Lake was also really interesting. I really like that one. And then the Mario Kart 7 Rainbow Road. I think that's like one of my most favorite Rainbow Roads out of all of them. So I was like, oh, I think those are the three I love the absolute most. But then also that, that wintertime one that's like from Tour. That one's really interesting, too. I actually like that one. It's kind of perfect for the season and whatnot, though. So I, I love a lot of these courses, though. They're, they're doing a good job on them, though. So I, I've been really liking them. So, yeah, those are my personal four that you got to make sure you try those ones out, though, because uh, those are my, my favorite ones out of this wave three, though. Yes, yeah. And, I mean, I'm really glad to see uh, Maple Treeway and even Peach Gardens. I love those two courses. Um, I'm really wanting some like GameCube courses in the next in the next couple waves next year. I really want to see some GameCube ones, but we'll have to see. I'm I'm just kind of glad that you know Nintendo's constantly updating us. But can't wait to try the, the Wave Three DLC once my family member comes for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So that, that that's pretty good right there. And I think that might be it in terms of the Mario Kart Eight Deluxe stuff. So we'll move on over uh, to the very last segment I got in terms of gaming ish kind of related news. Because we did manage to get some of our year-end reviews for games that we played on certain respective consoles. I even had some statistics and stuff um, that I actually managed to get for the channel itself, though. But um, I was looking through my stuff, and I think out of all of the stuff that they kind of... Because Nintendo sent out some links and stuff like that, and I'm looking over here at my Twitter to see um, what my stuff, though. But it was interesting to see how how much they kind of outline in terms of like what kind of game gamer, I guess you can say um, that you are that was represented in it though. Cause I was like 27% of most games I played was like action. 24 was multiplayer. 19 was shooter. I imagine that has some heavy emphasis from Splatoon two and three. Um, 18% is role playing and 7% as adventure. And if I were to look at my top three games I played in 2022 on the switch was Splatoon three, then Splatoon 2, and then Triangle Strategy. And I was like, wait a minute, I put more time into Triangle Strategy than I did in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is like a game that runs for hundreds of hours. But then I remember um, with Triangle Strategy, to get the true ending, you got to go through and play through the game again. It was probably the only game, I think, out of all the games I played this year where I actually technically played it twice back to back. I mean, that's how much I really like Triangle Strategy. I rarely ever do that for any of my other games, though. Um, Apollo, did you manage to do this um, when Nintendo sent out those leaks? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I've what? done that. Uh, what were your top three? Uh, yeah, so my top three were, uh, the first one is uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Uh, number two is Pokemon Legends Arceus. And three actually goes to Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, I'm not, so I'm not, I'm not too shocked about those three. At Kirby and Forgotten Land was, a, was my game of the year this year. Pokemon, Pokemon Legends Arceus has been so much fun to play. Um, and Animal Crossing, because it's Animal, I mean, Animal Crossing, it's still ruling the charts. Um, for the play at launch, Kirby and the Forgotten Land again, and Pokemon Legends Arceus, those are two games that I loved this year, so I played those at launch day. Um, and my three plus years of 
went to Animal Crossing New Horizons and Smash Brothers Ultimate. Because um, I play those games when family comes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, n- nothing too shocking. I mean, basically, Kirby and the Forgotten Land and Pokemon Legends Arceus are, are my favorite games this year. Um, so I'm glad, glad they got the recognition on my on my uh, end of year review. Yeah, so honestly, that, that was some really good stuff uh, in terms of most of those stats right there, which honestly, there are some pretty good Nintendo games that came out this year. Though. I, I enjoyed most of my experiences um, throughout all of them right there. And then I was trying to dig up. Yeah, there's my PlayStation one. I also want to share some of my PlayStation stats there because uh, I guess apparently throughout the year of 2022, uh, I played eight different games. Um, I, I dumped only 128 hours, which is like a drip in the bucket in comparison to the hours. I still I still predominantly played, you know, more games on my Switch. But I think 2023, that's where it's going to be like almost a 50-50-ish ratio because there's a lot of games coming out on the PS5 next year, though. But I was looking at some of my top games. Uh, I literally put a lot of time into Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5. Because I, I think it, it was this year where I managed to finish out my run of starting on Kingdom Hearts 1, which I think I started uh, last year. And I managed to go all the way through and finish all the way up through Kingdom Hearts 3 right now. So I feel pretty content. I'll pause right there. And I'll probably wait until I do the DLC for 3. And what is it? The, uh, the Melody of Memory thing that technically came after that, though. But yeah, that was just some of my PlayStation stats right there, though. So, yeah, so honestly, some good stuff right there. Um, And I guess the last couple of things would have been um my Twitch results. Uh, honestly, it was a ch- Twitch. I actually dropped it this year. It wasn't like um something I've been doing for a long time. And my consistency probably could be a little bit better, though, because I only just go live on there when I feel like playing a certain game when I'm, when I'm in the mood. I don't have, like, a set schedule or anything like that, though. But I had, like, I, I broadcasted, like, 88 times last year. I had, like, over 177 hours watched. Um, and for now, I have, like, 10 followers over there, which, honestly, I didn't think I even put out those kind of numbers considering, like, I, I'm still not in the infancy of Twitch and figuring out how that mess and stuff all operates and whatnot, though, so... I was still impressed nonetheless with those numbers, granted how I just kind of started that up this year, though. And uh, lastly would be the YouTube stat stuff that I got, which if this thing will hurry up and load, um, I managed to get about 15.1 thousand total views, managed to get over like 52,000 um, watch minutes, um, 368 total likes, and managed to get 27 subscribers over the year. So at this point in time, I guess when I'm looking at my channel right now, sitting currently at 370 subscribers, though. So hopefully, maybe next year, I can get over the, the 300 range and make it over to the 400. We'll, we'll, we'll see how channel growth stuff goes, though. But uh, I, I think these are some pretty good stats for this year for the content I managed to put out, though. So, yeah, that's just some, like, little short synopsis of stuff that I've been kind of getting through uh, in terms of the analytics and stuff for the year in reviews though but that that basically does it there uh any other thoughts on any of the stuff we've been previously talking about apollo so far you know we really we really uh hit on the nail there um no okay all right well, yeah, that basically does it in terms of the the gaming news stuff and i i know apollo i think you might have to be um about to bounce out of here at one point though uh, how much time do you think you got at this point? Uh, no, I, I, I think I should probably go. I think, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I um, got you. But, um, uh, yeah, you know, uh, th- thanks for having me on the podcast. You know, I really enjoyed just discussing these topics with you and, 
Um, I'd love to join again soon. Um, um, so, so, uh, so, uh, thanks so much and take care and, uh, uh, have, you know, have a happy holiday. All righty. You too, man. Thanks for having you on, man. And, uh, it's always a joy and a pleasure, uh, always sitting down and talking with you. At least, at least you were able to conclude this, uh, this last podcast episode with me though. So that's pretty nice in itself though. But yeah, thanks man for, uh, hanging out with me for just a little bit of time though. Yeah, no problem, man. All right. Take care. Thanks guys. All right. Adios, man. Thanks too. All right, so that's basically going to do it in terms of that segment right there. Paula had to bounce, though. He's not really anywhere out um, online, so to say, in terms of, like, the, the social media stuff, like his Twitters and whatnot, though, though. But uh, if you want to share any love or any thoughts or whatnot, though, you can always drop it down in the comment section, though. But I really appreciate him. Good friend of college, whatnot, though. Always likes to talk about video game stuff, related stuff like that, though. So, yeah, I really appreciate him joining me on the podcast, though. So, yeah, that's basically going to do it in terms of that segment, though. And we're actually going to switch it over to a new segment that I'm, I'm doing some little things a little bit switching up because it is the holiday season and whatnot, though. So I got to go through here and talk about that, though. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the, uh, the old time Christmas traditions. All right, so in this segment, I just kind of want to go through and just talk about some good old Christmas traditions, some things I kind of go through and do usually from like year after year. And I, I know with different people, they do different things each and every year, though. So I was like, okay, I, I just, I just kind of want to throw out what I normally do, you know, from holiday season to holiday season, though. But usually it's like around this time of year. I don't know about most people, though, but in the lead up to Christmas, I don't like working at all um you know doing stuff with my job and whatnot though so i always used to take like a week's off of vacation in the lead up to christmas usually like the seven days prior to it so that way i can just spend time with family going out doing traditional stuff manage to you know go through and um watch some movies here and there last minute christmas shopping there you know the whole nine yards and whatnot though so yeah so that's what i normally go through and do for the most part though um i guess in terms of favorite christmas movies if i have to think of some i think there's like three i usually watch every single year one of them being elf the other one being um the grinch and the other one being um national lampoon's christmas vacation i think out of all of them i think um the, the lampoon movie is uh, the one that I actually like the most, but it's usually I'll always watch those three, like almost like religiously, even though technically it ain't. But um, those are the three I always watch almost consistently every year. Even if I don't watch a ton of movies, I make uh, an effort to actually go out and at least watch um, those three right there, though. So I always like doing that, drinking like the hot chocolate and stuff like that. Um, being around the fire and stuff with family stuff is always a good time going through and watching some of those movies. I don't know why some people feel kind of mixed about those old time Christmas classics like your Jack Frost or um, Jack Frost, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Year Without Santa Claus, you know, the claymation stuff. I don't know why some people don't really like those. I mean, I sit down and I usually will watch it like with my brother and stuff like that, though. I mean, we kind of like those ones, but I even heard like from like some of my cousins where they're like, Oh, yeah, I just don't like the way how that looks. And it, it always baffles me. I'm like, bro, that's like a classic. And I literally looked up the year when that came out. Apparently, that came out around like the 40s. So I was like, what the actual heck on that? I was like, I never thought that that movie was like that old, like roughly around the World War II-ish era. But I was like, oh, shoot. But yeah, so honestly, um, in terms of those movies and stuff, I, I really love that. Um, another thing I usually go through, everybody goes through and listen to a bunch of, you know, Christmas music and stuff like that. 
I think some of my personal favorites is like Carol of the Bells, um, Mariah's, you know, All I Want for Christmas. I I don't know why, but it's like literally when you when you come off the hill of Thanksgiving and rolling the Black Friday, that's like the first musical track you hear blasted everywhere. It's just crazy to see how Mariah kind of made that as like at the time, it was probably really cool and stuff like that. But then looking at it years later, it's like, it just became like a traditional Christmas classic. Like when you say Jingle Bell Rock or you say Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman. I mean, all I want from Christmas from Mariah is just like a classic now. It's just kind of crazy to kind of think about that in itself as well, though. So, yeah, so those are some of my favorite songs right there. I don't think you can ever go wrong with that, Deck the Halls and all that stuff, though. I mean, there's a lot of different ones. And at least with Carol of the Bells, I always like that rock version. I don't remember who it's exactly by, though, but it's one of those, like, and get the guitar coming in, like, and you hear that, like like that one, I can always I can always jam out to that one right there. Though I always really love that one in of itself, though. So yeah, so that's just some things I do at least from the musical side of things, though. Um, I guess a little bit of a story time right here. I, I was trying to think back to like one of my most um, memorable moments, and like in terms of getting some kind of gaming related stuff. But it was like centered around Christmas time. And I think two things coming to mind. It's either like the Wii U or the Wii. But I, I, I'll go ahead and just pick the Wii one, though. But at least with the Wii, um, honestly, that was a really good, um, man, that was a really good time. Because I remember at the time, at that point, the only systems I had was like the Nintendo 64 and the NES. I did not have the GameCube. I played the GameCube via my cousin's um it, 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 yeah, it was one of my cousins and stuff like that. She had like Double Dash on the GameCube and whatnot, though. So I remember playing that on that. But outside of that, it's been mostly NES, N64. They didn't really get like a whole bunch of new games and whatnot, though. But then it's like one year, I, I get we all got up underneath the tree. We dug out this stuff. You know, at least with our family, we usually kind of like hoard most of our gifts towards one side. Like I was sitting on the couch. My brother was sitting on the couch over there to the left. My sister was sitting in front of the fireplace. And my two parents would be over there on the side sitting in two other individual chairs and they always throw the gifts that were like family gifts or gifts that were like shared between us three siblings they'll throw it right there in the center and i was looking at that box and i was like man that thing looks kind of big it's like kind of hefty i was like what the heck is this though normally i guess in terms of like games we normally would get like one or two games a year it would either be like one around our birthday one around christmas time so i didn't know what to expect out of that big one in the center though but yeah, all three of us opened it at the same time. And I looked at it, it was like a Nintendo Wii. And I was like, what in the world? I was like, what is this? I was like, wait a minute. I remember seeing some commercials about it because I guess technically, I think at the time it came out, we got it right around launch or I guess my parents somehow did. I don't know what kind of waiting they did or they managed to order online. Um, kudos to them. I'm gonna have to actually hear that story of how, um, how they managed to actually secure a Wii because I remember the Wii was like such a hot product um, back then because it often sold out quite a bit of times though. So I'm not sure how they got their hands on it though. But they did, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was actually great that they managed to get it, though. So honestly, um, really good time with that one, though. I remember, I think some of the games we got to start off with, we had uh, Super um, Paper Mario, Super Paper Mario on the Wii, um, Brunstick Bowling, and then Wii Sports. And I can't say how many hours we put up into Wii Sports in terms of like tennis, 
bowler we got real competitive with bowling and stuff like that and we was such like a big phenomenal back then because it wasn't just like my family that got a wee i remember like one of my cousins had a wee and my other cousin had a wee and between all three of us um, um cousin groups or whatnot though all underneath my grandma and whatnot though um we can move around from house to house and we always had like these bowling competitions and whatnot that was probably the most competitive though but it was interesting to see how in that era almost every single person had a wee and how many um people kind of gravitated towards that casual audience it was it was a it was a you know a different kind of time or a different kind of age back then though but nonetheless it was a really good time so i was like honestly that was like one of my most favorable and most memorable moments at least around christmas time right there though so honestly i really did love that um outside of that i was trying to think um was there any other i think yeah, and outside of that, some yearly traditional things, some other stuff I normally do. Um, I usually, on Christmas Eve, I don't know about most people, though, but Christmas Eve is like the time I spend with my extended family, and then Christmas Day is the time that I normally will spend around uh, with just my direct family. So extended family being grandparents, uh, cousins, aunts, uncles, all of them. We usually, on Christmas Eve, we usually kind of go to my grandma's house roughly a little bit after five o'clock or something like that. We'll all gather together, we'll eat some food, play some games, and then all the cousins will go around and actually open up the gifts. As we got a little bit older, most of us, you know, well into like our 20s now, we usually don't get like a lot of gifts from people at that point though, but we still have some younger members of the family, some younger cousins that are like, roughly around the age of like seven-ish or lower, or I got like one, I got a couple of them that are a little bit older in like the teenage, almost tween-age-ish kind of years. Like they're getting a little bit higher up though, but as long as you're underneath 18, you usually still always got gifts from all the aunts and uncles and stuff like that, grandparents and all that stuff though. So yeah, usually that's what we normally do for a Christmas Eve tradition though. Um, Christmas Day, we usually always wake up and... Um, my mom will always make like a blueberry surprise. It's like a, it's like a little pastry thing where it's like like some blueberries, some cream cheese, stuff like that. You got like the Pillsbury dough stuff that's made out of the um, what is it? It's made out of the um, the croissant rolls or whatever though. Just kind of a layer on the bottom, a layer on the top. I don't know. Somehow we always eat the whole entire pan for breakfast. Um, and I was like, I don't know where we put all that mess at, but somehow we do though. Uh, we usually start it off like that. Then we usually do the Christmas gifts and most of the time we do tree first, stocking second. Sometimes in some years we actually did stocking first and tree second though. And I know I heard from some other people that actually opened like maybe one Christmas Eve or one gift underneath the tree as a Christmas Eve gift or whatever though. But since we do like the, the gift to gift thing with like my extended family on Christmas Eve, that's when we normally kind of get those gifts though. So that's just how we kind of treat it though. We usually go through, open up all the gifts, play like that, you know, Christmas music stuff on the TV above. And we just do round robin uh, round between all of us, just opening gifts and stuff like that. So, I mean, th that's usually how most of my traditional stuff goes. I mean, sometimes we go out on the square, usually every year. They always have like these, um, you know, it's like a big square lit up with a whole bunch of lights and stuff like that. You have people kind of caroling, singing and stuff like that. You have these food trucks up everywhere where literally they have like, there's like one truck on the corner that has like these like fried Oreos. And you might be thinking to yourself, fried Oreos, that, that's like almost like diabetes right there. I don't know why, but that mess always be hitting. Like it is extremely good. 
um, eating that stuff or funnel cakes and stuff like that. It's the holiday season. You be eating a ton of sweets and stuff. I didn't even talk about the sweet stuff. We eat a ton of sweets around this time of year. Um, it's usually like a tradition. I always will go and um, sit down with my mom and make like some fudge, like some peanut butter fudge and Oreo fudge. That's normally our thing that we normally do. Um, we'll do that. You always get some stuff from the neighbors and stuff like that. Either they make their fudge, they make Rice Krispie treats, they bring over cookies and stuff like that. Uh, I know like one of my neighbors used to bring over some gingerbread when we were younger. Um, she would make them, we'll ice them, we'll eat that kind of stuff. That was just some things that normally we'll, we'll always kind of do each and every year though. So always, it's always a good time of year. I always drink way too much hot chocolate all the time. And I was like, man, I'll be drinking that mess like a whole shoot. Like it was like straight up water. Like, you know, water's a necessity and whatnot though. But yeah, so honestly, that's just some of my Christmas traditions. Didn't mention everything, but I did mention quite a bit of stuff right there though. But if you have any Christmas traditions of your own, I'll be curious to hear some of your things, you know, what you do in the lead up to Christmas, you know, you know, whether or not you're going caroling, singing and doing stuff like that, listening to different music stuff, watching different shows, TV shows, movies, stuff like that. You can't miss the stuff like that. Um, what you do Christmas Eve, what you do Christmas Day. I love to hear all of that stuff either in the comments. You tag me on Twitter or something like that, wherever you're watching this pod or listening to this podcast ad and whatnot, though. But yeah, so I think that's pretty much it into a nutshell over all the stuff that I normally do for my Christmas traditions, though. So yeah, so that's all I have to say on that one segment, though. Let's go ahead and bounce over to some of our last couple of segments. Um, that being uh, so about that show. All right, so here lately, I already talked about how I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I already did mention about that one, though. Um, since it is the holiday season, I know one thing I just recently watched was the uh, the Claymation Rudolph one. I just literally watched it, like, last night. So, honestly, I thought that was a fairly good movie. You know, something about those older movies, when you watch them over and over, and, you know, once it's, like, years later after you're done watching it when you're, like, a kid or whatnot, though, you pick up on other oddball jokes that just completely flew over your head or whatnot, though. I was like, bruh. Like, there was, like, one segment, I think, in that movie where it was like, hey, uh, you know, the abominable snowman up in that one. Uh, he's like, hey, there's no way he will pass up um, deer me over um, over port or something, something on the lines of that. And I thought that was pretty funny, though, because I was like, shoot, I was like, you never will catch me eating deer, though. But if someone says, hey, we got some pool port from like Penguin Eds or something like that. I'll be like, all right, I got the potato salad. Here I come or something, something on the lines of that, though. It's just little funny things like that. Um, I also managed to sit down and watch Willow, which is kind of another... Actually, I can't remember if I said this in the last podcast episode or not. I don't think I did, but maybe I did. I, I can't remember, though. But Willow is like a series that's... There was like an original classic um, movie that they released um, years ago. I think it was like back in the 80s, I want to say. 80s? Not, I don't think it was 90s. I think it was 80s. But it's like a whole new series that they're doing uh, for Disney+. Plus. I've been sitting down watching it. It's kind of like your equivalent of like Lord of the Rings. So I've been kind of sitting down and watching that. Been a really enjoyable one. I've been liking that. Um, another one I've been sitting and watching, which I literally just watched right before I recorded this podcast episode, um, that being um, National Treasure, The Edge of History, I think is what it's called off of Disney+. Plus. It just really released like a couple of days ago. And, and honestly, I've been kind of digging that one quite a bit, though, too, because... Um, I, I really like the original movie, so I was like, when I saw they were going to do like a Disney Plus series for it, though, I was like, oh, man, I, I definitely got to sit down 
and uh watch this one though so i was like yeah I'm, I'm really digging that one though it started off with like a two episode premiere series or whatnot though i got done with the first one at some point later after i'm done with this podcast episode i'll probably sit down and watch the second one though so yeah I, i've been really digging that series as well though and um i'm trying to think was there anything else i actually managed to sit down and watch i know i need to sit down and watch the sonic prime series which dropped out on netflix i think literally uh wait literally i think it was like a day or two ago um they dropped all the episodes i'm not used to netflix dropping everything that's just netflix kind of way of just dropping all the episodes down i hadn't seen any of them yet so hopefully i at least see like a few of them so that way next time i do my zarcast podcast some point in the year 2023 or something like that i can actually get my thoughts on the sonic prime stuff around this segment though but yeah, that's something I know I need to sit down and watch. And just looking at some of the other Disney Plus stuff, I know I need to see the Santa Clauses um, thing, which I think there's like a, a a couple or a few episodes on. No, it's actually like, holy shoot. It's like um, the Santa Clauses, it has like six different episodes or something like that, all running about, mm, about half an hour-ish long or something like that. So I definitely need to sit down and pump all of those out. There's just a lot of stuff to watch. Like, holy shoot, running this time of year, juggling between like your Christmas movies, as well as like movies that you just missed out on that you need to sit down and watch. I hadn't even seen Black Adam yet or whatnot, though. Things like that. Top of everything else, new shows and stuff like that. There's always a lot to watch around this time of year, though. So I feel like I'm just literally doing that, eating like my candy, my fudge or whatnot, though, and just having a good time or whatnot, though. But I think those are like some of my couple of main highlights of some stuff that I watch here recently that I've been kind of genuinely enjoying, though. I highly recommend National Treasure Edge of History. If you hadn't tried that one, I think that one's really good. Willow is also pretty good, though, but definitely National Treasure. That would be my recommended thing. But same thing as always, like I always do with this segment. If you happen to uh, be listening to this or be watching this, if you want to jump to the YouTube side of version of this, though, whoever leaves a comment saying, hey, I recommend you watching this, as long as it's something on Netflix, Disney+, Plus, or Crunchyroll or something like that, one of those few outlets, if it's something I have access to watching, I'll watch it. I'll give like a short little review of it the next time I have a podcast episode. That is always an option that's always left up for y'all, whoever happens to be the first one to do it, though. Um, but yeah, so honestly, some really good stuff that's been dropping out here lately. And I know I think next time I do my podcast episode, I should have been able to watch um, the new uh, Pandora movie. Because uh, I, I know that that one just recently released. I know I'll, or why did I say Pandora? Avatar The Way of the Water. That one's out right now. I hadn't sit to the theaters and watched it yet. I know it. I'll be sitting and watching it with my family on Tuesday. So hopefully in the next episode, Zarcast episode, I'll be able to get my thoughts on that movie and what I kind of think about that. Because overall, just looking at the trailers and stuff, it looks really visually impressive, at least for everything I've been seeing on it thus far, though. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it in terms of that segment, in terms of everything I've been kind of watching it and some stuff that I know I need to sit down and watch, though. But yeah, that's going to basically conclude it on that. And last but not least, let's jump into our final segment, that being uh, what you've been playing. Alright, so here lately, I've been playing a bunch of the Splatoon 3s. That, in that sense, I hadn't really changed that much. But um, in terms of the um, the other stuff that I've been going through and playing recently, I got, um, what was it called? Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. You know, the new one that dropped out, oh, like, a, legit, it dropped out earlier this week, like a couple of days ago from the time of this recording now. 
um it dropped out on that tuesday and i've been going through i bought the version that's on the playstation 5 because i know at least with me personally um i'll be getting most of the final fantasy 7 um you know the retelling of it the remakes or whatnot the three-parter on the playstation so i was like i might as well just get crisis core and put it on there as well though so yes yeah, so i've been going through playing through it i've about a couple or a few hours into it thus far and honestly i think it's a pretty good game and whatnot though at some point maybe i'll stream it on twitch or something like that though but honestly i've been kind of liking it and in some aspects in terms of like the story i feel like i'm just primarily playing it for the story because the gameplay and stuff is is fun but it's you could uh, really tell that this was definitely a psp game in terms of the layout and the way how you're kind of running through the stuff visually it looks really impressive the way how they improved it and it was kind of shocking and surprising how they really hadn't, you know, re-released this game in any kind of shape, form, or fashion since it actually came out originally on the PSP. So that is good in and of itself, though. And I'll probably have some more things to say about it once I actually finish the game now, though. But that's just some of, com- some of my early impressions on the game itself, though. And I think outside of that game, I don't think I've been really playing like a lot of other games besides Splatoon 3. I think I've just been kind of juggling back and forth between um, those two games in general, though. But I did manage to get like a pretty fat stack of games um, from Black Friday and stuff like that, which I know I need to sit down. Like on the PlayStation side, I got like what Resident Evil 2. I need to do Soul Hackers 2, Doom Eternal, but that'll, that'll be way after the fact once I play the 2016 version. I still have... Um, Ghost of Tsushima that I still got from last year that I still need to do is technically going to be next on the docket after uh, Crisis Core. It'll be the next one I'll play, and then I still feel like I'm missing one other <laughs> one other game on there, though. But yeah, so honestly, I got a lot of games that I kind of built up in a backlog for both the Switch side and the PlayStation side, so... Yeah, uh, this, this first half of the next year is going to be crazy. I know we got like Persona 3 Portable and Golden. And literally the day after that, um, Fire Emblem Gage, that's all coming out in January. I know February has Octopath Traveler 2 and whatnot, though. So, yeah, these next few months is going to be pretty busy from the gaming side of things. I definitely got to stay on top of my stuff um, to make sure I get through all of these games on, on time and whatnot, though. But, yeah. Honestly, that's that's been some of the stuff I've been playing, though. But I'll be curious to hear some of the other games that y'all been going through and personally playing as well, though. But that's basically going to do it in terms of all the stuff I had to go through and talk about within my Zarcast podcast, um, episode 47, though. But yeah, so honestly, some really good stuff. I didn't expect us to honestly have this much news coming right off the heels of the Game Awards or slash even had that much news that was actually dropped out when the announcements of the game awards oh my freaking gosh we skipped over this i can't believe i did this though i didn't even talk about the dude that walked up on stage um while apollo was here the dude that jumped up on stage whenever um he, he basically like photobombed it but not like picture wise just you know in the sense of a video or whatnot though that dude came out on stage and literally said that quote um i mean i'm trying to pull up the exact quote that that dude actually said though but what the heck like how did this little kid manage to get on the on the the regular show floor all the way up there to the very front with all those developers thank goodness he let them actually sit down and um you know say all that they want without being fully interrupted though but i was like what the actual heck no this dude literally said i like to thank my unorthodox rebel wait hold on no that wasn't the full quote here we go um, he literally said, I'd like to dedicate this award to my reformed Orthodox Rabbi Bill Clinton. <laughs> What's this dude? 
thinking. I was like, I think he was just like a prankster or a trickster or whatnot, though. I mean, he was just doing it for like the views and stuff like that. But that, that dude actually managed to get up there and actually managed to do that, though. I'm like, who freaking shoot? Jeff Keighley, you got to do something different with that show because uh, I was like, honestly, you can't have crazy stuff like this happening like that. Like, well, like, what were you thinking, man? Like, honestly, what were you thinking? But I was like, honestly, that just made the game worse that much more memorable and stuff like that. And the fact that literally Bill Clinton was the one that walked out of the the award for a game of the year like that. Like, honestly, like, what the actual heck, man? Like, what the heck? But honestly, yeah, that, that made little things like the game awards and stuff that much more memorable, much more entertaining than just uh just regularly going through it and whatnot, though. But honestly, outside of that, um, yeah, I didn't expect to have that many announcements in there along with some of the other extra gaming news and stuff like that, though. But yeah, that's basically going to conclude this episode. Once again, I'd like to thank Apollo for being able to join me to be able to talk about all that gaming news and stuff like that um, during this podcast as well, the pop culture segment stuff as well, though. But yeah, honestly, that's going to basically do it for this one, though. Um, with it being the very last episode for my Zarcast podcast of the year of 2022, I'd like to personally thank everybody that's been going through supporting the channel as well as this podcast, been going through and listening to this, whether you've been listening to it here on the YouTube side, whenever it's been airing live, or after the fact when I've been able to post it to all my other social media outlets, that being, um, or my podcast outlets. That being, if you watch it over there on the Google Podcasts, Apple, um, Spotify Music, or Spotify, or Amazon Music, or even the two new editions, like you can also listen to like your Echo devices. You can also listen to it that way, or even iHeartRadio, whichever way you happen to listen to it. Out of like the seven or eight different ways I just recently said, though, I like to really appreciate you. Um, as always, make sure to hit that like button, that subscribe button, and that bell. That way, you don't miss any other upcoming um, podcast episodes that I air out here on the channel, though, or like and subscribe and all that stuff to my other. Um, podcast outlets that way you don't miss any of my other episodes that way though but once again i'd like to thank everybody i hope everybody has a wonderful holiday a merry christmas or whatever things you celebrate or don't celebrate just have a great day and whatnot though and uh, i hope all y'all have a happy holiday merry christmas all that kind of good stuff and have a happy new year and until the next episode that i make for my zarcast episode what should be 48 I will see y'all in whatever podcast episode I make next. Take care, everybody. And hopefully I will see y'all in the year of 2023. See y'all.